Hey guys, welcome back to the Atlas Podcast. Today I'm here with Olympia Judge Rudy Jambrosik. Um, we're actually here at Pure Muscle and Fitness uh, down in Burlington. Burlington, right? correct. Yeah. And uh, coming down here for a week to shoot a bunch of podcasts with Rudy, uh, my doctor, client Kelly, and Issa Bashini. We're going to be shooting a lot of other content for you guys too while I'm down. So I thought it would be a good idea to take the opportunity to interview Rudy, right? Because he's been a mentor of mine for the past, I would say, six years or so. And he has a really good eye for bikini. And you guys know that bikini is a very subjective category. And not everyone has the eye for it, right? You're 100% correct. But Rudy has, he's been a pro judge for how long now? Since 2014. So he's been a pro judge since 2014. He's competed himself as well. And he actually judged the Bikini Olympia this year. And that's the top tier level. And Thanks. he always, whenever I ask him for feedback for clients, that, you know, Canadian Nationals or Toronto Pro, he always has good feedback and he teaches me things too. And I thought that having him on would be very useful for you guys so that you can get insight from an actual judge that's judged Olympia, judge pro shows, judge your favorite competitors on the stage and actually hear what he has to say about the beginning category. So Rudy, introduce yourself a little bit if you could. My name's Rudy Jambrosik and I got involved in this crazy sport in 1989 when I went to my very first show and uh, that was a Stratford show. And uh, from watching that show, I fell in love with bodybuilding. Back then it was just bodybuilding and women's bodybuilding and that was it. And uh, in 93, I threw my hat in the ring and I thought I'd try myself in a competition. So competing in the very first competition, my very first competition was McKinsey's Challenge. And two things happened. One was great and one was bad. I won. I was one, it was great and I won, it was bad because I got hooked to bodybuilding. And in 1993, I was a, a police officer. As most people know, police officers are pretty cheap. Shows were expensive back then. So I go, I asked myself, how can I watch all these shows, learn more, but to get in for free? <laughs> and uh, so I decided to, in 1994, to become a judge. And I started uh, judging uh, regional shows back, the, back then. It was the OPA. And uh, they gave me a front row seat. I got to meet the guest poser, and uh, I got to judge. And when I won my show, I didn't know why I won. I could have picked at least two, three guys that were better than me, I thought, at the show, and but I won. So you felt that you didn't deserve to win your first competition? Yes, I, I did. That's did. rare. And, and, and I, I felt there was, there was at least two other fellows that were better than myself, but I, they picked me to, uh, as the winner. And as I learned more about the sport, I got better and better at, at, at what the criteria is. And back then it was just bodybuilding and, and, and women's bodybuilding. So that was, uh, criteria was the same since Jesus had his sandals and he competed in his first show. Open bodybuilding. Yeah. yeah. And so it's been uh, set at what, what, what the criteria is. And as the, the sport grew, new categories came on. And in, in uh, 2010, bikini came on. 2010? Yeah, 2010. Okay. And, and bikini came on board. And that was something new for all of us. They said, you can be judging these girls and a lot back then was about looks, their hair, their makeup, their suits. They had to be conditioned, had to be athletic, not really even athletic conditioned, but they couldn't be that hard bodybuilding, died down hard look. And their physique showed it in 2010. The, it was a total different look from what it's today. The bodies were a lot softer and the glutes were big. And full. I mean, I say big, round, and full. 
You're saying back then, right? Back and then. there was no tie-ins. No, 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 no separation at all. Yeah. No upper lower glutes, you know, no uh, up top outer glutes, mm -hmm. nothing like that. You just had to make sure that when you turned around and you walked back to the stage, your glutes didn't jiggle, but they had to be, you know, they're full. And if we look at Natalia Mello, she's a good example of that. She's the first yeah. bikini Olympian? No, she was the third. Okay. She was the third. It had developed by then by uh, a bit. So in 2012, she won the, uh, she won the Olympia. And back then, she was one of my favorite. I thought, this, no one's going to beat this girl. You know, this girl's going to be it for a bikini. She had a uh, big round. And then came groups. in and Ashley Kaltwasser. Yeah, Ashley Kaltwasser. And I go, oh, my God. You know, it's having a new favorite hockey player in hockey. It was my new fa favorite bikini girl to follow. She had, I thought, the, back then, the perfect loose. No one could beat that physique ever. I thought, this, you know, as long as she competes with that look, it'll be forever. Tell you. Oh, no, and Ashley. when Ashley came okay, in. Okay, yes. Well, yeah. I mean, you're pretty, you're right. <laughs> she just did how many shows this year and no one's beat her except for at the Olympia, yeah. right? So. Yeah, and, 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 and she carried that from uh, 2013 and 14, 15, I believe. She, had, she, she went uh, for three years. And then it changed. I believe the problem at that time was she was getting a little too hard. She was getting too a little ahead of the sport. Like too, uh, a little bit too conditioned by, by 2000, and I believe it was 15. And then Courtney King came in. So I wasn't actually around during that time. I started, I was in the sport, I was watching open bodybuilding. I went to Olympia 2014, but I started really focusing on McKinney in 2017, 2018. So I wasn't at the Olympia when I saw that stuff, but I've heard Ashley lost because she was like off that year. Did she come fourth or something when she lost? Yeah, yeah, a little further down, but I, I think as judges, we have to dread which way the sport goes. Mm -hmm. And so if we're judging it, if we're judging it for the harder look, it's going to take a path, which we don't want it to take. And as, yeah, exactly. And as we know, every year, the Olympia sets the tone for the year, right? For the exactly. BCD category. Okay. Well, this year, Jennifer Thory won. This is what they want. They don't want striations in the shoulder. They want the full glutes. And even that's the posing too. Sometimes girls, for example, Issa Bashini, right? She's doing the last spread when she won it. And then every girl that year was doing the last spread. And it's just like, the Olympia sets the tone every year. So. Basically, you're saying they put Courtney King as the winner because they wanted to keep the bikini category in a shell of where it was and not go further where Ashley was headed towards, right? It's like taming a wild horse. You don't want the, or a grass fire. You don't want to let that grass fire go where you can't control it. So you have to bring it back while you can. And because if we let it go, you want to nervous and how figure and whatever. Then, yeah, you're bleeding to another, another, another category. I feel like Tyler is really good at make it like bringing that bringing it reeling it in when it gets a little bit too crazy you know he's like, no you're like he they really as a judge too but he kind of thing he makes the final like decision of where the category is yeah we have a, an example at the olympia we have a meeting prior to mm -hmm. and saying you know this is what the look we're looking for this is what we want to achieve and this is standard we want to follow and all the judges that are at the table have their own mindset what that is for them as being the perfect look, but we still have to be looking for the same thing. And you, you'll find that the, the, the panel's very like-minded uh, as to uh, uh, what they're looking for. Well, that's why they're Olympia judges, right? I mean, if the Olympia panel is completely, you know, off each other, like let's say you have a Chris Bumstead winning for half of them and then you have someone that's supposed to be eighth place winning, I mean, completely off, but yeah. you can have like scores where there's a difference of panel between like first and second, but the, like you have, it's together, right? Yeah. You're not having like, someone that's way off and judging people in the last call out and yeah, be first you, place. You so. can be assured that the, the, the top four, top five are the top four, top five. And then you have to decide. And every judge's opinion. Yes. Right.
Yeah, in every genre's opinion. Uh, actually, we say that, but then, and I think this year there was maybe something that could have changed were in the top five, but yeah, not yeah. with the top three girls, but yeah. Anyways, so you're saying that the Olympic panel is obviously the best panel and yes. they're very like-minded, you know. There's obviously some going to be some disagreements, right? That's why some people have someone first and someone second, and that's why there's 11 judges or 9 at the Olympia? Uh, 11, right? The, uh, total of 12. 12? Yeah. It's not an odd number? Yeah. Now, with, the, with the head judge, it, it is, but they have 12 judges and then a head judge. Oh, so 13 total judges? Yeah. Okay. That's a good, yeah, so you're going to, even if someone's biased, right, you're going to have, it's, their score's not going to matter, so... A lot of you guys don't really understand how the scoring works. You want to, would you like to just go into explaining how the scoring works a little bit? Well, at a pro show, let's say we have seven judges. We have a head judge and six other judges. Seven total judges. Seven. Yeah. And everyone marks their placing first, second, third, fourth, to, to how many athletes there are, up to 16. If there's more than 16 athletes, everyone else after 16 is 16. For your the individual score, the, the high and low scores are knocked out, and the other five are added. And that's your total score. So, yeah, exactly. So, the, so you have seven judges. They're first. So the worst score is knocked out. The best that's score is knocked out. out. And then you have the five middle to break the average yes. score, right? Yes. But sometimes you see the score would be three. So how does that work? So that's if there's five judges, judges. and then you take, yeah. Exactly. And then at the Olympia, there's 13 judges. And this, the best score is five, right? Which is yeah. first times five in the middle of the average. So then you would take 13 minus eight. So if there's 13 judges at the Olympia, so you would take the four best and the four worst scores off and then have the average of the five in the middle? Or they could do a seven in the middle because they have more outliers. Yeah, but we've never seen the seven in the middle because the best score is five, right? At the Olympia? Yeah. So if you have 13 judges, it would yes. be remove eight, so yeah. four forward to the five in the middle. But that's why we could say, oh, this person won with a perfect score, right? But if you're removing the four best scores and the four least scores, it's just the perfect score of the five average judges in the yeah. middle of 13. Yeah. So there could have literally been four judges that had someone in second or third, right? Or even fifth, whatever. And it could still look like they have a perfect score because their scores got removed. They got removed. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So when someone shows a perfect score, unless you hear from the head judge herself or himself that the person unanimously won, then it doesn't necessarily mean that they had a perfect score. Right? And, and what truly does a perfect score mean? Well, it would mean that every judge had you as the obvious winner, right? Yeah. But, you know, and, and uh, you get a perfect score at a regional show. It's a weak show. Yeah. You know, so they can say, you know. People, Talk about the Olympia, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at, at the Olympia. A perfect score at the Olympia is pretty yeah. good. If, yeah. If, if, let's say, Sandy or Todd comes to you, like, you won the Olympia unanimously. Well, like, well that's a good, per that's yeah, a, that, you're that, the that's best a, in the world without a doubt. That's a strong win. Yeah. But without, yeah. like, at a regional show, it's, yeah, maybe there was, like, yeah. four people in your class and you're the best out of the not a great category. Exactly. So. Exactly. So, all right. Cool. So, what is your, the girls want to know. So, what is your favorite category to judge? Would it be open bodybuilding, would you say? Uh, you know what? It, it used to be. I, I still love open bodybuilding, but to judge, it probably has to be bikini. And the reason being, and people are, yeah, he's just saying that because he's with James today. Re on, reason being, bikini is the only category where you have to hit a certain point and stop there. In conditioning, in, in training, in dieting, you have to stop there. And you have to know where that line is. If you're before that line, you're not in condition, not in shape. If you're past that line, you're too conditioned and in shape. And so you have to know exactly where, where that line is. And that's why it's imperative for trainers to know where that line is. And it's imperative for our judges to know where that line is. There are a lot of judges who say, well, yeah, that girl's ready. She's too hard. Tying, tying's are in too sharp. 
and she's three weeks out still. You know, unless she's going to soften up, you know, she's not going to fare well. And that's from our judges. So they need to, to learn also, where's that line? You know, where's that line, that, that perfect line? And that's a challenge. As a judge, that's a very challenging category to judge. It probably is the hardest category to judge, I would say. And it's the hardest category to learn as a coach too, because if you have your grandma, right, look at three of the best bodybuilders in the world, or let's say you have your grandma look at a Hattie Chupan, right? And then two regional show competitors. She can choose the Hattie Chupan is obviously the biggest, the roundest, right? The densest, the hardest, and he's obviously the winner. But if you have a bikini Olympian there and you have two decent girls at one regional shows and you tell your grandma, who's the best one here? She might not choose the Olympia, you know, athlete because maybe the regional girl was prettier and has like a softer look and a more, you know, appealing look to your grandmother. But bodybuilding is okay. It's pretty black and white until you get to like really the top level. You're going to have some arguments between, let's say, I remember you talking about Canadian nationals with the bodybuilding. There was like one guy who was very big, right? And then you had him winning and then Tyler yes. had the other guy who was smaller yeah. and more symmetrical and harder, right? So it's exactly, and that's, that's rare. Thing. It's pretty rare though. It's yeah. pretty, but bikini is like, that happens every show where it's, it's very rare that someone comes out on the stage, especially a very competitive show. And you're like, this girl's the obvious winner because people are, it's, it's subjective sometimes, you're right? And we were just speaking before the podcast that like, we were mentioning how you've noticed so many trainers like come up and they try to coach bikini athletes as a bodybuilder, right? Yes. And it just never works because they, you need so much consistency and time and hours and having hundreds of girls on the stage to learn a category. And you had a bodybuilder argue with you at a show telling you that you were wrong for placing his bikini athlete lower when you've been judging bikini since 2010 and he's yeah. a bodybuilder with a first time bikini athlete, right? So he doesn't understand the category as much. It's, it's very difficult for the, uh, even the um, person in the audience. You know, when you, when you see a bodybuilder, you look for size and symmetry. And your eyes always look for symmetry that, you know, left meets right and the fullness and top meets bottom. People always ask me, how do you judge that? 49 girls this year in the Olympia, 49. And they go, how do you pick number one? How do you even pick top 10? How do you pick top 10? And it's like watching hockey or uh, NFL or NHL. When you watch it, you go, man, this sport's really fast. When you really play the sport, and you're a ref, you watch, sport isn't fast. Everything slows down for you because you're so accustomed to it. And the King's the exact same. Your eyes grow accustomed to the sport. And when you watch, well, you know, every weekend, I'm judging almost every weekend. So you're always looking at physiques and your eyes adjust. They you can pick up things quickly. Yeah. Because you have experience, right? Yeah. yeah. And same as when you look at a girl, you go, yeah, I know what I need to fix. Yeah, they check and I'll be like, Look at a picture instantaneously. Okay, back shoulder down. All right, bring your close foot there, glued to the front. And it's just like you see that because you've just, it's just, it's clockwork. And you do this every day, all day long. So, same thing for you as a judge. Yeah. You see this every weekend. You have shows. I'm at shows 40 weekends a year. Yeah. I've seen the pro shows, seen the amateurs. And as far as what you were saying with the Olympia, where it's like, it's for everyone else, it's very quick. But for you guys, you're so used to it. You, you see, if you've seen Tyler judge like the North Americans, where there's 40 yes. girls, it's like this so fast. And then you have a, a weaker judge judging a regional show and he has to, take his time and really make the girls, okay, switch there, okay, turn to the back, turn to the front, where a very experienced judge can make them turn maybe one or two times and get the all the information that they need, right? And you're uh, with experience. Yeah, 100% correct. I, I judged in North America this year with Tyler. That's crazy. And, and the bikini is fast, but he does a fantastic job of deciphering it and 
he's a speed reader. And he read, you know, and sometimes, you know, it tests my skill as a judge. And that's why one of the reasons I go to North America is it's a training camp for me. It's a good point, yeah. You want to be with the best judge. I feel like he is the most, the fastest and most accurate. You can be fast and not accurate, then you're a shitty judge. You can be accurate, but slow, then you're not a great judge either. But if you're fast and you're accurate, then that's, that's your skill level. And you want to judge next to a head judge who's very experienced and the best in the world so that you can work on your skills as well, right? And when we talk about being in that situation, you know, when, when you play a sport and you play minor leagues, it speeds up a little bit as you get in majors. It speeds up a little bit as you go professional. I mean, when you hit the top, sports slows down for you. And, and you're, you're immersed. Same as judging. Everything seems fast at the beginning. And uh, you don't know who, what, where physiques should be your place or look like. Next level, stronger. And Tyler had the, I don't know if people realize, his grandfather is Jermaine. So he's been around the sport. He was a toddler. Yeah. So he has seen physiques his whole life. And he judges the best athletes in the world every weekend. Every weekend. And so his eyes are constantly, he's getting, his skills are constantly getting better and better. But it's, it's also something that you have to have in you. It's a good point. E- either you have a good eye or you don't. If I was quicker, faster, stronger, I wouldn't be here with you, James. I'd be in the NFL. But unfortunately, I'm not that fast, not quick, or that strong. Yeah, you can teach a judge or a coach so much, but they have to have it in them too, right? You can't teach the eye to pass a certain point. Yeah, you need to have that eye. And at the regional level, you you could be in the the sport or watch the sport a little bit. But as you progress further up um, in the ranks and you're judging a national show for pro, uh, pro qualifiers or pro shows and the Olympia, I'll tell you, everyone at that table has an eye. And they're, you know, they're strong, very strong judges when they go to pro shows. And there is shows. some judges that are better at judging different categories, though. Yes. We do know that. Uh, absolutely. So I've seen, I was at a pro show once and there was three very good judges there and all three of them gave me different feedback for beginning category mm. and i was laughing because i was just like i knew what the actual feedback was because i might even have more experience seeing bikini athletes than them because i'm going to bikini show specifically and sometimes they don't judge pro bikini yes. you know, every time but i was just like i realized oh this person actually might they're kind of judging bikini like almost like a like they're looking at bodybuilding right it was more like the feel that's like they need to be fuller or harder around or like the feedback was more like you're judging a bodybuilder versus a bikini athlete. And then someone else said the opposite, like, oh, they need to be softer and, you know, not as full. And then someone else said, oh, come exactly perfectly like this. So I was like, okay, like, but that's why bikini is so complicated, right? Yeah. And I don't know yeah. how Tyler does it, but to teach all of these judges, in China, in, in Indonesia, in Europe, like how do you keep everyone consistently on that line, that fine line to judge bikini category? It's unbelievable because it's so subjective already. And you're trying to teach hundreds of judges overseas all the time how to follow that category. It's very difficult. I know as the uh, head judge in Canada. That you have to do this too, right? With the amateur judges, right? Because, yeah. And, and, and judges. We, we, with the, if I'm not judging an event, an regional event, uh, I'll look over the winners and see who they picked and where they placed them and who the head judge was at, at that show. To, because you can't have judges. I mean, people might, might have misconception that as the head judge, I run the show and everybody just follows me. No, they judge, and if it's a, if it's a weak judging panel, they might need a little bit more direction. But they judge, so I'm responsible. 
you know, if, if the scores come out that come out at the end of the day, Tyler's responsible, you know, for the finish. Because it kind of looks, it looks bad on you if the wrong athlete wins, wins, right? So if you have a weaker judging panel, you'll kind of. So let me give you a scenario. Let's say like you you have this one girl winning, it's obvious to you, and then the you have a very weak judging panel. Let's say they're all beginners and they go against you and they vote for someone else. How would you handle that? Is, is the weaker girl just going to win, or what do you do? And before years before. They used to, I go, well, they, they, that's what they selected. And now I said it's not fair to, to the athlete. I'll bring the... Saying before the head judge used to make the final call and now they don't do that? No. So. Before, as a head judge, I let it go. You know, I would say that this is what they selected and that's their selection. Now I found that it's not fair to the athlete. And so I bring them back out. I place them, you know, I place the top four, usually six. So they, they, they don't know who should be in first. I get in line, and I, I ask them, what do you see? And the, especially the judges, usually judges on either side of you are the strongest. What do you see? I explain to I get them to explain to me why they selected who they selected. And I might suggest that those times are a little too, too sharp, aren't they on that side? I can see that now. I can see that now. You know, the glutes are, are a little too round. They're not elongated. They're, they're not really the right shape. I, I see that now. So I point out what I'm looking at. So it's almost like teaching the same way. And so I don't say you're wrong and that's it. And I say, I'm gonna point out what I'm looking at, trying to ed educate them and that they make their choice then. I go, no, 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 you select what you want. Yeah, you spoke to me a little bit about this before a couple of years ago, but this will happen more at a lower level. At a pro level, yeah. it's kind of, that's just the way it is. It's not, you're not yeah. gonna have Sandy bring no. up, hey, let's, hey guys, I don't I don't agree with you. Let's go over this again. That's not how it works. But, at a regional show or even maybe a national show, you might think, guys, let's, let's, this is an opportunity for learning, right? Let's bring everyone out and let's, you tell me, you're saying, well, you tell me what you see and why this person should win over the other person. Right. right but you're wrong. At a, pro, at a pro show, they'll say, you know, even with the girls back, they'll, we'll have the top four girls we'll come back out again. Mm -hmm. What they're saying is, what do you see? Yeah, you that's not at? necessarily because they go against the head judge. I'm saying I have no, to get no. the scores, Car. I'll show you have to get the scores. But even as a head judge, if I go up and I say, you know, Sandy, I, that one we have in fourth, I think she should be moved in. You know what I mean? Because she's on the outside, I think she should be moved in. And, she, and she'll say, so I'm gonna look, see what, tell me what you're looking at. Oh, because okay, so you're talking about before you get the scores. I was talking about, I have to get the scorecards. What do you do the yeah, after? Yeah, that yeah, is done. Yeah, okay. that's done. Yeah. But in, in the pro league too. You know, you're always discussing with the other judges. Hey, what do you think? It's not like a, right? You're not just, it's no. not like you're voting for a politician where you're like, yeah, talk, right? Yeah, yeah, talking. And someone might miss something, you know, and you go, why? Yeah. You know, her shoulders were a little bit too full for my liking. Well, yeah, I didn't really see that. I didn't notice that. Yeah, you're right. You know, the conditioning is a little, little bit tighter. She's a little bit soft. Well, let's make him walk to the back of the stage. Move him back. And that's why you see... Because you can calls. do something. And let's say there's nine girls in a lineup, right? And you're looking at... It's kind of hard to look at all nine girls at the same time. So maybe the judge over there is looking over there. And they're like, hey, actually, I think this girl is actually really good. Let's look at her together. And then you'll bring them all in and call them out a couple at a time and then you're like oh yeah actually you did see that and i missed that right and you have to sit, look at the position where the judges are sitting if you're on the outsides it's a total different angle than sitting closer to the middle unless you're super far away from the yeah. subject yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but that's also why you need to always be angling towards a head judge right because you're if you're angling towards your grandma in the back or your uncle over there angling towards a head judge as in any category is going to give the best view for the entire lineup Right. Yeah. If you're angling towards the judge on the end, the judge on the end can see you, but 
all the other judges there, the six, seven, eight, nine judges there can't see you, right? But so the head judge in the middle, angle towards the middle, the head judge, look at the head judge the whole time, and that's gonna give you the best view I, of I, all the judges, right? I can give better advice. And that's definitely true. Everything towards the head judge. Because the, the most important people to not that we're not all important on that judging panel, are the people beside them. You know what I mean? They're gonna they're, they're gonna give their influence and, and help out. Yeah, and if the head judge can see your physique, then two people next to him. So you're saying like the head judge is the strongest, usually the strongest judge of the group, and then yeah. the one on the left and right of him, right, are gonna be the second. So exactly at the Olympia, you have Sandy, then you have Steve, then you have Tyler, or yeah. Steve, Tyler, Sandy. Those are the three top judges in the world. We yeah. know that, and it's always gonna be like exactly. that at the Olympia, right? And, and, that, and then and it goes that, on and on. That's what you want. And you know, uh, experience. When you want the one opinion of when Sandy's head judging the bikini, when you want the opinion of Tyler. Yeah, yeah, and Steve, of course, and then the so the judges next to you will then be able to talk to the judges next to them, and it kind of goes down and like with the most experienced, the so kind of the least experienced judging that show. And, and, and you go, well, well, what the people at the end do? And this year I was second to the end, right? So at the Olympia, at, at the Olympia. So what I do is I write my scores, and I provide my my top five, seven to head judge. So I, I write them down on paper. So when they come out, it, it it's just not when. You know, your judging starts as soon as you step out on stage. Like as soon as you walk out, by the time you finish your presentation, we already, have, idea. We, we already have you first, second, third, fourth call out. If we have you in fourth call out, you're not coming back to first, but magically. Never. You'll never make it a first call out. You have to make it a first call out. So when we're finished that whole group, the 49 girls, I hand my seven down. And I say, this is my seven. So the, the head judge has a feedback from all of us. And then she can make a decision for the, the final call-outs, right? Yeah, so we all that's how we all get in, in, input. Then as they come out, then we... we I uh, see you guys even at the Olympia. You guys are talking the entire time. All of you are talking to the person next to you. Hey, what do you think about this? All yeah, the time. Yeah, and uh, sometimes there's... What condition you think she's too hard? Think she's too soft, too full? You know, and it's usually about the top girls, you know. They're 16, they're, they're even after yeah. 10, they're like, okay. Yeah. But it sucks, but it's the way it is. But, it, 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 but they're still judged fairly you know they, we still take our time and, and look at each physique because does it make a difference if you're in second call or fourth call yeah it does uh, absolutely doesn't matter if you're 15 or 16 i feel like there'll be more judging mistakes near let's say there's six call outs right versus the last four call outs versus the first two for sure yeah because you are yeah. giving not your, most of your attention but i mean that is the most important thing right but, but you still want to know girls still say yes. Third call, I was third call at center. Yeah, you don't want to be a last call at the Olympia. You're like, well, last call on the outside, right? <laughs> and that, that, that's not a place you want to be, but it's uh, it's very important if a girl is 15th or 16th. 16th, yes. there's a bunch in 16. Yeah, there's 30 in 16th place. Yeah, 15. Yeah, yeah, 15. Something. Yeah. Means something. 15, you're solid in 15. Yeah, and top 10. So every number means something. Mm -hmm. You know, top six means something. Yeah. Top three means something. What if you're like top. seventh call out, but you're like, I was in the center of the seventh call, not at the end of the Means something. Means something. Means something to someone. Yeah. <laughs> to your grandma. Not and, and you know what? If I went to a pro show and I made it to Olympia and I, I was, there seven calls, I made the center and I beat four other girls, I wasn't I last. <laughs> but that, what we were talking about with coaches before and the experience. So this is the same thing with the coaches, right? So you're, you have so much experience looking at the bikini and looking at the bodies and judging and being next to Tyler and yes. learning from the judge, right? And as yes. top coach, or, uh, us top coaches, we, at the pro shows, we're talking to the judges. We're getting feedback from Tyler and Sandy every weekend. We're on constant communication, and we're at the show seeing all the professional athletes. Someone that has that experience is going to have, have a lot 
more is going to have a lot better of a trained eye than someone who's coming up and starting in the bikini category that doesn't have that experience. It's like a beginner judge at a regional show versus an Olympia judge. Same thing as a regional show coach versus an Olympian coach, right? You had that experience and you're looking at different things, right? Yeah, I, I, I use the analogy of uh, cars. You can have a Ferrari come in style, come in, you know, uh, give it polish, finish, wow factor. It can come in a Chevette. Both they get you the same place, but that Chevette won't get you first place, right? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> The, the, uh, let's try a different analogy. <laughs> yeah, let's try a different. <laughs> that wasn't like you lost me there. I don't know. Let's go. It, the more, like you say, the more you watch the sport, the better, better you are at the sport. You can get a coach that costs you uh, 50 bucks a week or 50 bucks a month, and he'll coach you, you know, to get in a bikini show, but you'll finish dead last. And so like my Chevette. And it's not necessarily, or, yeah. Or you can get a coach that's very experienced in the sport, which is very knowledgeable in the sport, which has made a lot of champions, that's your Ferrari. So you can go with a Ferrari or a Chevette. To the, to, you'll both get to the show. But, but where, who's finishing first? Yeah. And sometimes athletes don't necessarily finish where they deserve based on their genetics and work ethic. So let's say you have someone who has great genetics, amazing work ethic, but they hire a local trainer to coach them for a show. And you have someone with a little bit worse genetics, maybe a little bit lesser of a work ethic, than the other person, but they hire a very high level coach. And that person understands the category. They, they teach them posing, they can fix their suit, they can do everything. That person with a better coach has a much, has a very good chance of being the person with a better genetics just based off who's guiding them into the show as well, right? Uh, absolutely. And as far as the, what you said is you need to add the eye, right? We've seen coaches that have been coaching for 10 years, 12, 15 years, and not even just in bikini in any category. And they never, really make any pros or maybe one and then they, they don't really progress right and then you see some coaches go let's say cameron cheek right for bodybuilding they go like this they start and they go up because they had the eye right and that gives them advantage and some coaches just don't have the eye and they've been coaching for 10 15 years and they just never really get anywhere because they don't have necessarily a skill even though they have the hours put in the time with athletes they don't yes. develop that skill and you need to have the eye it's, it's trying it's kind of being an entrepreneur right like you have it or you don't a lot of the time. It's very hard. You can get someone to set someone else and help them, but to go to the next level, it has to be inside you, right? You have to have that skill. And to coach a bodybuilder, you have to make them big. You know, for it's hard, yeah. yeah. You know, the regional show, make them big, make them hard, condition, teach them how to pose somewhat, and set them off. With a bikini, it's not that. What's lacking? Well, I know she looks good. Oh, she looked good when she came to you. Yeah. What did you change? Yeah, there. I always say that the term bodybuilder boyfriend, where it's like the boyfriend wants to coach a bikini athlete, but they don't understand the category. There's so many nuances to a bikini, as we yes. were speaking about before. It's not just harder, bigger, and you know, striated glutes, and there's so much that goes into the category. And that's why the Bikini Olympia, right? Have your grandma try to judge the 50 girls or the top 10. Forget it. She had no idea what, because there's so many nuances, but the top 10 bodybuilders, maybe she'll have a much easier chance. It's a lot more black and white. Even some of the coaches. Our regional mm -hmm. coaches, let's say come regional coaches, get them to Olympia. And you're right. Take yeah. away, take but away even your grandma, someone who actually has experience. Yeah. Take away the names, just mm -hmm. the physiques up there, mm -hmm. and you pick the top 10. Yeah, like bodybuilders, right? Yeah. Even, yeah, you're right. Like even the Olympia bodybuilders trying to like judge bikini days, like I, they all look the same to them, right? A lot of them. Yeah. Right? You know, you put two of us together, and I, I'm talking about, let's say, a 10th place girl and a 30th place girl. You're right. Yeah. And, and say, which one's better? And see what the difference is. You'll Probably get. would be honestly 50-50 with a lot of bodybuilders because they don't know. Yeah. You know? And that, that's just from not watching the sport. 
you, you have to really watch the sport. And the, the sport changes. Like I said, in, in 2012, it was Natalia Mello. Great athlete. Compared now to the Olympia winner now, it's day and night. She might have not even won like a regional show overall. Like it's crazy. You look at like the Olympia winners back in the day or top three girls, they wouldn't even turn pro or even win overall in the regional show now. That's how much the category changed. I feel like the category hasn't changed that much since like 2019. I feel like it's been, they've been there, they locked in a look and it's pretty similar now. Yeah, yeah. even, uh, you know, a little bit soft and a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. You know, we're missing a little bit upper glutes and we got them and now we're. It's pretty consistent here. Yeah. And I know what to expect. And now it's not, you know, we know it as not etched in we does but if you're a bodybuilder you might yeah. be like well no we need the hardest tights and yeah this actually brings me back to when i started coaching McKinney in 2017 i had a girl named alejandra and fuck i thought she looked like miss bikini olympia okay and i had just started coaching i coached probably this was my third or fourth show i had bikini girls in and i was like this girl's gonna win she's gonna go win overall she looks like a fucking olympian it's gonna be a game over and i had another girl in the show too i was like she looks okay but not like Alejandra's not going to lose to her. They both could be in the show. Alejandra comes fifth place. Another girl wins overall the damn show. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I couldn't believe that. I was like, am I, my girl that looks like an Olympian to me came fifth place. And my other girl won the overall. I couldn't believe it. I was like, ask the judges what's going on and stuff too. And then reflecting back, I'm like, I literally had no idea what I was looking at. I just, I had only been coaching for, let's say, a year even, which is nothing in bikini. You just still don't know anything. I'm still learning eight years in, but a year in and I felt my girl was going to win the overall and she was going to Olympia and she came fifth place at a regional show. And this, you see this all the time with inexperienced coaches and I just didn't know enough about the category. And I thought I did because I was like, well, my girl has the best tie and she's a hardest. She has round shoulders. shoulders that, I was judging her like I knew what bodybuilding was, mm -hmm. right? And I was just like, that was a step back where I'm like, whoa, okay, I obviously don't know what I'm doing and I need to learn a lot more about, about bikini and that's actually when I started stepping back a little bit and started focusing all my energy on bikini because I realized there's no best coach in the world that coaches bikini and other categories. You need to no. focus on bikini alone and be very narrow. You can have a couple wellness here and there, maybe a couple figure, but 99% of your roster is bikini. And that's the best bikini coaches coach bikini 99%. And I started focusing on mostly that because I realized if I wanted to be one of the best in the world, I need to just really have that niche and just not... I was coaching, men I made men's physique pro, I made figure pros and wellness pros and stuff like that too. But I was like, bikini is my thing and I want to just really focus on that, right? And it's, and it's very important. If you want to be good at something, you have to be consistent at it. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I remember when Justine Monroe, she was the biggest in, in the early 2012, maybe, she turned pro from Canada. And she was the next biggest thing, you know. Uh, I remember uh, And... She looked great and whatnot, but you know when she went to the states to compete, when she went to when she turned pro, went to the Arnold's, got really didn't fare well. But she did very, you know, she was one of the best coming out of Canada then. Different level Can, though. Compare her to Jennifer Dory now, yeah, both Canadians. Day and night, day and night, and so it's. Uh, you told me a story that when you actually judged Jennifer Dory at her first show ever, did you? Well, I'll tell you this. Remember we talk every once in a while about the it factor. Yeah. Man, man, you know, what, what, what's the it factor? Yeah, we're, 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 we're going to get into that a little bit after with what we're looking for. And just, uh, I was at a uh, posing seminar in Markham. And uh, Fidel Clark put this posing seminar on and he goes, come in and talk at it. And so I walk into this, it was a cold winter day and I step in and there's this girl standing there and she's wearing a top and these tight black leg leggings with high heels. 
And she was stunning. And I go, it was that it factor. You go, wow, like I've never seen her before. And it was like an amateur posing seminar. Yeah, yeah amateur posing seminar. And I, I go up to her, I go, who are you? She goes, Jennifer Dory. What year was this? Huh? Uh, when she was 17 years old. Oh my God. Was this like what, 2015, 2014 or something? Maybe, maybe, before, maybe even before. I, I love this story. And, 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 and she goes, I'm Jennifer Dory. I go, where did you compete? I haven't seen you compete because I judged every show then. And she goes, I haven't competed yet. I go, oh my God. I go, oh, who's your trainer? And there's a girl by the name of Evelyn who had just turned pro. Mm. And she goes, that, 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 that's, uh, that's my coach. And I go, and I, I knew, you know, that Evelyn has something super special here. And I told her that day, I go, you're going to be Miss Olympia. It's like 2013 or 2014. How old is Jen now? 27? So she was 17, so like 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh my God, it was like 2012, yeah. 2013, right? And that's that, that our, our first first meeting. And, and uh, Sorry before she even came with an athlete and you knew she had the it factor already. Yeah, and, and at 17. And, and, and she just looked phenomenal. But we talked about coaching. Not the right coach. And we had to go through a, a, a few steps, right? And um, I was the one that told her, to move on, you know. I mean, uh, girls have, a, especially um, bikini girls, have a strong affiliation to their coach. Where when we coach a guy, a bodybuilder, females are more loyal. I spoke about this in one of my podcasts. I was like, I stopped coaching guys too because a lot of them are not loyal, right? They want opinions from fifteen different people. Someone to do their drugs, someone to do their training, someone to do their their dieting and posing. And girls will listen, typically listen to their coach and be loyal to them and see it through. Guys, if you lose one show with them, they leave you, right? And it's, it's and that's why I stopped coaching guys. I was like, just I had ten loyal guys, but I was like, it's so much more of a headache. Yeah. But yeah, women sometimes they get attached and they stay too long yes. and they waste yes. so much time. Exactly. And I had a girl. I might have mentioned this on other podcasts. She was with one of these coaches for five years, okay, and she never even played at the regional show. <clears throat> and she, we had a consultation, and she said, "Listen, I've been with them for five years. I don't know what's going on. I haven't made progress." And I, you know, she's staying with someone for five years and you made no progress, right? And you haven't accomplished any of your goals yet. You haven't even, whatever. She, her goal was to compete at a national level and she couldn't even do that yeah. after five years. Yeah. But she's still loyal. And she's like, listen, it's been five years now. I kind of want to, it's a long time, but she's finally. And I checked her training and she's training with two pound dumbbells on every exercise for five. I'm like, that's what you haven't grown at all in five years because your training was never checked, right? Mm -hmm. But so girls are typically more loyal than men in bodybuilding and yeah, they get attached and sometimes it's, you got to know when to move on, right? But when you're not seeing where you're not making, pro if you're with a coach, you're making progress here and there, so maybe you'll lose, take a step back a second. But as long as you, you have faith and you're continuing the process and you think your coach believes in you, and you're getting closer to where you want to be and not further away year after year, that's fine. But yeah, I mean, sometimes girls don't make any progress for five years and they just stay with the coach. And they stay with them to the demise. You know what I mean? And there's uh, good regional coaches Girls also outgrow their coach. Mm -hmm. And so they, we, see they, that, yeah. we, were, we were on a regional show together, great. And we're going to the nationals and we're finishing fifth, sixth, seventh. Because you've outgrown the coach's knowledge. I feel like a lot of girls, you could win overall at a regional bikini show with almost anyone if you have pretty good genetics, right? Yes. But And then that coach feels like they're going to be like the next bikini Olympia coach. But yeah, I, I mean, I get how many inquiries a day, like, 40 inquiries a day and 
a lot of them have won regional show overalls, right? But then they they go national, they come last call out, and they're yeah. like, listen, I need someone to get next level. Yeah, it's exactly what you're saying. So, exactly. yeah, you can. Typically, girls don't hire a great coach for their first show. It's pretty rare unless they have someone being like, listen, join this coach. He knows exactly what he's doing. But usually it's a girl at the gym. She's training. Oh, I want to do a competition. And I remember one of, uh, I, I started there too. Like my first client um, that I ever coached before, I was that guy who was talked to the gym. Hey, do you want to do a competition? Hey, sure. I don't really have experience. Let's do this together. And I literally coached her. I had no idea what I was doing. But that's yeah. typically how people start off. And then they realize, okay, now it's time to. You know, move on. But our very popular is bikini girl competing on her first show, finishing top three, and now all of a sudden they're a coach. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's very different from being a coach and an athlete. And I was saying too, like um, almost none of the top coaches in the world, even Hattie Rambod, <clears throat> Kimoto, right, me, Adam, whatever, like Jamie's a pro, but almost all of us are not pros. All because you, it's different thing from being an athlete. And being a coach, it's a very different thing. It's it's even like a coach for, for athletes, right? Sometimes you're not like a professional NFL player or a basketball player, right? You're not a six foot eight guy. You can't play NBA, but you're a very good coach and you, you could coach the athletes to be good. And I made this example too, right? You don't need to be a, you don't have to have had a heart attack, right? As a doctor to be able to treat that or do surgery, exactly. right? You don't have to have, be a female to, you know, treat breast cancer. If you're a doctor, so you don't need to experience that to be the best version of yourself. Like I've never competed before and I've made the most bikini pros in the world the last three years in a row. But I've, you know, I've gone through like 140 pound weight loss. I've trained before. I've bodybuilt a little bit, but you don't necessarily, you don't, just because you don't have the genetics to be a professional athlete doesn't mean you're not going to be a good coach. And doesn't mean, and it doesn't mean just because you have good genetics that means you're going to be a good coach either. It goes both ways. And if we throw that into the judging arena, Tyler never competed. You're Fantastic right. Judge. I didn't even think about that. Fantastic. Uh, best judge. You're right. I didn't even think of it. That's a perfect example. The best, best judge, best judge in the world never even did a competition himself. Crazy. Never yeah. bodybuilded. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, why didn't I ever think of that? He, he has a, a, a great eye. Yeah. You're right. I didn't even think about that. And uh, wrestling was his forte in, in, yeah. in, in uh, a college. So you're right. That's, I, that's a perfect example. Well, the best judge in the world has never even done a competition before themselves. Yeah. So he, what does that he's say? Ju he's judging a physique. So, and that, that's the example I gave before with the Chevette. You can hire a cheaper coach, but you get the product you need. I had care. a girl do a conversation with me yesterday, actually. She's listen, I've done two shows with this coach. He promised me the world, and I looked terrible. I didn't like my look, and I placed very poorly. I'm like, well, how many pros has he made? Zero. Well, how many bikini athletes coach? I was his first one. I'm like, that's on you. That's on, he's, we were just talked about this before the podcast. I was like, yes, he convinced you with no proof of concept. That's on you. Yes, he was cheaper, but he told you that he's going to make you into something with no proof. You're the guinea pig, right? You don't want to be the guinea pig in a situation. Maybe if it's your first show, whatever, that's fine. But she's been competing for a couple of years now. It's like you need to, if you're an athlete and you're trying to save money here and there on coaches, you're never, you're going to spend a lot more money and a lot more time yes. wasted and all the time. It's the time that you're wasting, which is probably more valuable. You know, I use the old analogy again. If I'm building a house and I need a uh, two-story and the builder only builds, uh, I'm going to look somewhere else. You're right. And, you know, if he's not building what I'm, what I want, or, or, or uh, like, so if you're not coaching what I want, the category I'm in, I'm going to go elsewhere. If you want to, if you're close to be a bikini pro or bikini Olympian, right? Mm. If you go to someone who has never made either, why? It doesn't make any sense. It's exactly what you're saying, right? So, yeah. And, and, you know, there, there are some good regional coaches, you know, that can get you on stage the first show sure, and yeah. 
and, and to start it off and, and they probably are a little cheaper than the higher end coaches but you gotta know when it's time to move on and if you want to go to the next level if your goal is just to do body transformation all the power to you. you. That stage is also for yeah, you. Maybe you might want to just compete just for fun, right? Then you can have a friend coach you or yeah, whatever. But yeah, if you yeah. want to actually progress, progress, you need the IN. Exactly. As far as the time being very valuable, of course, but also competing is very expensive. And yeah, yeah. you're dedicating your life. You're eating chicken every day. You're in the gym. You're doing two hours of cardio. If that's all for nothing, exactly. then what's the point? Like, exactly. You know, I, I, I don't, try to, don't try to nickel and dime everything too. That's why I even say about competition suits. Girls try to like save money on the competition suit and get like a shitty sponsor in you know, East, East Asia and it's garbage and you did all that cardio, all that training and then you go on the stage and you don't have the it factor because your suit sucks. You know what I'm saying? And presentation, especially everything in increases exponentially when you go up levels. At a regional suit, at a regional show, you can get away with a so-so suit. If you have the best physique, right, yeah. You can get away with your walking's not so great. You can get away with your presentation isn't so great. But that's because the difference with the girls is very big. And exactly. Show, right? You're going to have a girl that's exactly. very good and a girl that looks like 40 weeks out, right? So it's not going to make, you're not going to be like, okay, well, this girl has a worse suit, so, but. Yeah. And, and, and at the Olympia, everyone's the same kind of. You know? and, and that's why, you know, things that like the presentation at the Olympia are huge. So let's talk about the it factor, what we're talking about before. Explain the it factor for, uh, for the ladies if you can. Uh, it factor is when you see a girl and you just say, wow. And uh, can you describe it? No. The, 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 is it a hair color, skin color, a body shape or not? No. It's very simple. It's not even for the stage. The real life, right? If you see a, a beautiful girl walk into a room or even a very good looking man walk into a room, he has a suit, he has a tie, he's very tall, handsome, or a girl that's beautiful and carries herself well. She's a, we have an aura around them, right? That's, you can't, what is it? I don't know. You can't explain, but they just, it attracts your attentions, your feelings, everything. And you're like, wow, something's like. And it's a charisma and confidence, it, yeah, confidence, everything. And, and when, when you see it, you know it. Some, and some people have it and some people just don't. don't. They just don't. And I can tell you, I, I have experience with a regional girl that had it, then lost it. And I judge her. How do you lose it? I don't know. It was, and you, it, she was with you. She, Maya. Oh, yeah, yeah. She did her first regional show. She had that if factor. I remember. Wow. You know, this girl came out, came with a suit that was a little bit different, uh, European style, whatnot. And I go, wow, this girl's going to go far. Next show, never again. Never, never hit that if, if, if factor again. So. Yeah, I know what, I know what you mean. Yeah. But, and so, but it's also a different level too. When you're at a yeah. national oh, yeah. level too. Yeah. Well, yeah. not. I'd say, you know, the top 10, 15 girls at the Olympia. They all have a factor. Yeah, fact. You have to. Yeah. Not be... you, know, you, you know, I got to come out. You know, like when uh, this year when I saw Maureen come out, she looked great. You know, just, just her tough tan, tan, though. Damn it. I think her tan yeah. really screwed yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. She, Maureen's like the epitome of the it factor. Yeah. That she's, look at that and like the posing, the confidence, how she moves her hips, like her hair, everything is just like she, and you, she knows that she has it too. You got to know. If you don't think you have the it factor, you don't have it. You need to know you have it. Yeah. You know and, you have it. And if you have the it factor, you, you don't got to tell anyone. You need to tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. It, it, everyone it, knows too. And you, you come up with that confidence and not arrogance, but everyone can feel it and go, wow. You know, like the bumps he does the it factor. He walks out. He doesn't have to do anything. He could stand there in a relaxed pose and you're like, holy crap. You just know. He just has it. Just his facial expressions, right? His I, mannerisms. I, I think his is more of a kind big heart feeling it's like a big hug coming out you know what i mean yeah even but though he smiles yeah. and yeah but i i, I and with, with with the jennifer 
had. You knew when she was seven. You told 17. me this. I swear, you told me this six years ago. The same before she yeah. won the Olympia. Yeah. Before we even like, before she even became like top two, top five at the Olympia. You told me this when we were still like, before she was even won the Olympia. That yeah. you like. So you knew. I love that story. It's great. I mean, and we we always talk about it, you know. And she just had that look at seventeen. What was it? It was that if factor. Then can you develop it? No. I uh, you can I think you get better at posing and better at confidence yeah. and you could fake stage fright. Like you could you have to be like an actress on a stage, right? You can fake it a little bit, but having that wow factor is just it's something you're some girls just have it and some girls just don't have it and not even for stage for real life, you know? You know, we look at we look at sports. That's a, if we look at basketball, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. I mean, Michael Jordan, beyond, beyond yeah. uh, you know, Brian Ansley, I don't think he played basketball. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and, but we look at those athletes and you go, wow. You know, and it's just how they carry themselves and the persona and they're just uh, great ath uh, athletes, right? You know, Le LeBron James, another, you know, great one that, that just has the, it <laughs> has the it factor. And so we have it in sports too. Yeah, I think you can have the it factor in different, you can have it for your, your overall look or you can have it. As a businessman, right? You could be like a great entrepreneur. You just had the it factor. Right? Let's say, a, let me see, like a let's say a Warren Buffett, right? Short, you know, not handsome. He's ninety years old, whatever. But he, when you speak to him and he talks, and you want to listen, and you're captivated. He has the it factor for that, right? And yeah, it's just it's hard to. It's kind of I mean, just in, it's in you. Yeah, there, there, there's you no have an aura around you. Like I said, there, there's no real description of it. And you go well, and usually if I feel it. You'll feel it, and another person can go exactly, and, and we'll all say everyone knows. Yeah, everyone knows, and you go, how can everyone know? And well, what do you know? She's got the it factor. As a human being, too, you're just attracted to different qualities, right? And people like, if someone, you know, just a posture when they're walking, or how they're dressed, or how they, you know, uh, present themselves, or how they speak, or all little things that you're just automatically attracted to, right? If someone walks into, let's say, the gym and they're, you know, this and they're, they're you know, they're dirty and it doesn't, but if someone walks in, they're proud, they're, they have good posture, they're beautiful, they take care of themselves, like that all, that all comes into play with the it factor, but also with bikini. But the, right? that, that, that's not a, that's, I still don't think that's a, the it factor because you can have a beautiful girl, you know, like the proper prim and everything, yeah. looks g gorgeous, right? It looks gorgeous and comes on stage and does a great presentation. She doesn't have it though. Yeah, I know what you mean. And, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And it doesn't have that. But it's. I feel like with that, it's everything together. Yeah, yeah. You can have a beautiful girl that's that it factor for sure, yeah. right? But let's say you have it's a few different things at once. So it's like, it's the beauty, right? It's the confidence, right? It's how they carry themselves. It's so many things into one. Okay. But and we were when we, if we do specifically bikini, I remember it was bikini championships, nationals. I think maybe even your athlete. A beautiful girl stood out, just wasn't conditioned enough. She had the it factor, mm -hmm. but wasn't the, who was good. It? I don't know, darker hair. Oh, um, yeah, and uh, had when she came out with confidence and all that, just wasn't conditioned enough. So it wasn't my girl. Oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> wrong coach. <laughs> sometimes the it factor is good enough to make you win, but sometimes it's not if you're kind of too far off, yeah. right? In a show, like it, I, I think you judge the. Victoria Schmidt, when she won the Toronto Pro in the yes. overall. Yes. She weighed 97 pounds. Smallest won the overall, but had the it factor. It was yeah. a unanimous yeah. overall winner, right? And but, I, I couldn't believe she handled herself like a, 
a very mature athlete. Yeah, at 20 years old. At 20 years old. Or 19, whatever she was. Yeah. I think he said 19, and, and she had it. You know, she had, she had that look. She walks on the stage. Everyone knew that she had the factor. She's beautiful, has a confidence, moves well, right? And it's just, she had the yes. factor. And she won the show, not based off, she had a good structure, good posing, but not because she was the roundest or the fullest or the best condition, but because she had the overall it factor. She was just the epitome of bikini and was better than everyone else that day. And we talk about presentation. There you go. Yeah. You know, there you By go. far the best presentation of anyone on that stage. And a presentation, posing or everything, right? Everything. It's everything. You know, girls go, well, I, I hit my poses, but you walked out like a trucker. And people are gonna and people are gonna question what what's he talking about? You're like you can hit your front and your back pose like happy, but I want to see you get in those positions. Let's let's see how graceful you are. And people are gonna ask, what, what's trucker? That's when your feet lead your body. So that's when your feet walk first and your body's behind. I have a different term for that, but I don't think I say it on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'll tell you. That. But I go, you gotta walk. You can't invent these walks. You know, when girls are really. Like a horse, like a horse, and, and all those. You can't. No, you know it's got to be natural. It's got to be graceful, and it's got to look natural, but it's got to be strategically planned, right? So you're not going to walk in a grocery store with your glutes out and your lower back pushed <laughs> out to make sure your hamstrings are, you know, your glutes are not moving. But True. you have to do it on the stage where it looks natural. Yes, but exactly. You're putting in a lot of effort, and your lower back is going to hurt after, right? And after their 15, 30 seconds or 45 seconds, they walk off stage and they go, oh, thank God this is over. Belly hangs out, ass drips right down and they drop their glutes, right? And after they go, that was great. <laughs> That's what I was saying too, is you gotta be the actress on the stage, right? You're not gonna, you're gonna, you have to, if you're not naturally that confident or that, you know, yes. The stage is a, it's a stage. Whether you're doing being in a you know you're a, a movie or a play or being a singer or whatever, like a, Taylor Swift is not singing around her house like that all the time, right? You're putting on a show. Yeah. I mean, you're an athlete. You got to put on a show too, and you got to really try to be a have as much as the it factor as you can towards the judges and be confident and stand on the line and angle properly and smile. It's not normal things you're gonna do in your life, right? So you got to practice these things and be an actress on a stage. It's not necessarily who you are in real life, but. That's what you got to present to the judges. And you made a great point right now when you said you come there, you got to engage. I can't tell you how terrible it looks when you get the two mile stare. They're looking into nowhere. Over your head? Yeah. Maybe they're looking at your little floods on your no, head. Uh, kiwi. No, it's going way they're past. They're wondering what's going on. Way over? <laughs> I went way past. <laughs> and I go, what was that? What are you looking and at? Engage with the judges. At least look at the head judge. And may, may, you might want to look at the other. It's so like doing judges. an interview and you're talking to someone, you're talking to your person who's potentially going to hire you, and you're looking over there and you're talking. Yeah. There's no engagement. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the exact same thing on stage. You're on stage, there's a whole bunch of people there, but we get that engagement, right? When you make eye contact with someone, your grandma's not judging you. She's not playing the score as the head judges. And, and your boyfriend's not judging you. Maybe he is a late after after show, but not while you're on stage. One in his eyes anyway. <laughs> yeah. But also another good point is if you're, wherever you're looking at, you're going to be able to pose for them better. And I even see some girls at Olympia, right? It's such a big stage and you're, you get stressed and you're just such, there's a thousand people watching you and you're looking over there. If you're trying to angle towards that judge and you're not looking at that judge, you're not going to be angled towards that judge. Look at that judge and pose for them and you're going to have a lot better chance of actually positioning your body properly to the person you're looking at than looking over there and trying to angle towards there. Right? Exactly. And I see some girls at Olympia, they're looking over there and they're posing over there and it's, look at Sandy and 
pose for her, not my clients, because I yeah. prepared me for, but it's such an important thing to always look at the head judge. You can glance a little bit over and yeah. smile, but the head judge is the most important one. Look at them and angle towards them and you're going to be able to. And yeah. when there's eight girls, like that's a wide stage, you know? So you have, Isn't it like 10 sometimes in some of these call yeah, at, at the end, but, but if you're at you know, eight or, and uh, if you're nine, 10, and you're looking straight forward, like in doing your position you're forward. Done. All we're seeing is the side of you. And if we see a side of you, it's not good. It happens with bodybuilders too. They're just doing a front double, posing towards there. The head judge over there. It's like great. Can't see nothing. Can't see no X frame. Can't see no muscularity. Can't see no symmetry. So all that training, yes. cardio, and everything yes. you did is completely useless and in the garbage. Because yes. they're doing the comparisons, checking which collar you're going to be in. If they can't, if the judge can't see you, they can't judge you, right? Exactly. Uh -huh. And I always tell my girls to stand on the line. Don't let any other. Maureen's the best bullier on the stage ever she's this tall right she's a little a little elf mm -hmm. and she always stands ahead of everyone and that's what you got to do if you're letting girls pose you and put your arm in front of you and you're behind the line touches can't see you let yourself be shown and make sure your body's not hidden by other girls or funny story yeah. my other half this patra if you know her and maybe and... she's in the room maybe she's not <laughs> she was competing at the nationals and i said when you pose put your toes over that line by two inches. That goes with head judge was a judge, you know, to yeah. the, the CBBF. Or, so just so she's standing on the line. Right. right. But she's, toes are over the line by, by, by two inches. Yeah. And that made a huge difference. And she looks bigger and she looked bigger than, than the other girls. And the head, an optical illusion. Yeah. It, that's all that stage is. It's an optical illusion. You can look 10 pounds bigger as a bodybuilder if you stand literally an inch ahead of That's why, why do you think at the Olympia, all of them might keep trying to, Fight. Steve Weinberg has yeah. like 45 times, so because yeah. they know the yeah. closer person is going to look bigger. It's yeah. just part of it. And as soon as when you open up your shoulders, you know, keep your waist up and open up your shoulders, you got the, you got the, the V, right? You got, you got the V and a better X factor. And it's just a small tilt and girls don't realize that. You know what I mean? If they shrug the shoulder down, if the shoulders aren't parallel, it's no good. You know, it takes away from that factor. Too. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're like on the sidelines and stuff too, and you're not perfectly angling your waist and your glute and your shoulders to where your yes. coach told you to, so it displays your physique perfectly and your hips are slightly tilted towards the front, you're going to ruin your entire structure, right? You need to really nail that pose perfectly for the head judge so that everyone can see it. And talking about staying on the sidelines, you know, you sometimes we're looking at girls at the front, but then we're looking at, you know, at the side, we need an another girl, right? And you're looking and... You've just saw, saw 49 and, and you're looking down the line. If you're having breakfast or lunch or just <clears throat> relaxing there, you're on stage for a very short period of time. You trained, you know, that, that whole year for this. I'm going to, this is a perfect example. I actually have a picture to show exactly what you're talking about. So if you've seen me in the audience before, you heard me. If yes. I go on the sideline, I'm always, stand tall, get in your pose, keep your stomach in. I don't, I'm, I'm guiding them on the stage just as if they're, in yeah. the first call out, but there's a girl named uh, Valerie Accord from Ukraine. And I could, she had the, in fact, unbelievable in fact of this girl, like ridiculous. So it was at New York Pro Pittsburgh, one of them. And I took a picture to show it to her. And she was on the sideline and she was her with four or five other girls. And she had such a, a ridiculous pose and poise and on the sidelines. And all the other girls were off, stomach out, shoulder down. Yeah. They asked her, like, okay, my job's done. Yeah. She stood there like a statue. And it just made her, I'm going to show you guys the picture on this podcast. And it's, Unbelievable. Like just, she shines even when she's not in the center. And that's so important when you're on the stage from what you said before, we're judging you the second you come on and then off the stage. You have to be posed, stomach in, perfect pose, smile, everything. From the second you walk out to the second you're off the stage. 
at no point should you let it go. And that's not only for girls in second, third call. That's for the first call, too. Mm -hmm. So after we're finished with the six, and let's say you're one of the middle, so you're one or two. If you think you can just step off back and just relax, because I, I go, you know what? I haven't really made up my mind yet. You know, who, who it's so tight between the two, and one's posing perfectly, and the other one's, I'm so happy this is coming from you, too. <laughs> having, have, having, having lunch. You're a professional, or you're trying to be a professional. Act like one on the stage. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, and a lot, a lot, you know, the no bodybuilders are a little more fatigued and they have a little more leeway, right? Because uh, of, of the posing. But for King Girls? I remember, I think no. it was the first Olympia they did with Jennifer Dory, I think in 2018. They had the girls on the stage. They stopped doing this, but they had the girls on the stage for 45 minutes on the sidelines. And they used to call the girls out and they keep them on the sides. Now yeah. they can call them out and then they put them back on the stage. Yeah, yeah. 45 minutes, they had the girls on the stage. That's a long yeah. time. And, but... Yeah. The girls had to pose our 45 minutes, and she was like, oh, my God, my back is finished. And you got to be practicing during your preps in your offseason to be able to hold the poses so that you can do all the sideline. It's not just the one or two minutes where you're in the call-out. Yeah. On the sidelines, too, it's the yeah. entire time when you're on the stage. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's uh, so it's multifaceted. Like, it's, it's a very intricate division. Your makeup's off. You know, your hair's off. You have two poses, too. Yeah, so yeah. division with two poses? Front and back. Uh, men's physique, yeah, but yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a, so that's why there's so many in bodybuilding. You have what eight poses or nine poses? How many is there? Yeah, uh, seven, seven. So muscular eight. But you have a lot more. You have a lot more to judge from. But bikini, there's two poses, right? And you can't be shredded. You can't be the hardest. So it's and you can't be the fullest. So there's nowhere to hide. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and if there is, we're gonna make you walk. And and that that the, at the more uh, lower level, regional level, man, that's where it's um, from face to back, girls face to back. So now they push their glutes out and arc, arc their back so their upper torsos shrink up the torso now, made, made it short, push the glutes all back, walk the back line. So now they stand up to, to their full height and glutes drop. How many times have you decided like an overall based on the walk to the back? Let's say you have two girls that are pretty close and you walk to the back and you see one like their glutes fall and you know they don't, have, they don't understand how to walk to the back and because what you're looking at when the girls walk to the back is that their glutes Move. That's what we're looking at. Exactly. You're, you're looking at the symmetry. You're looking at you know, glutes move and, and, and keep their fullness and how they get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't need to then walk like one step every four seconds. Yeah. You know, so and try to squeeze their glutes. Once as again, walk, it's walk. about looking natural, right? Yeah. Looking natural, but keeping your glutes. And the, the, and if it's very close between two girls, that's the, you know that because a lot of overalls be decided by the walk yeah. back. And you'll see, you know, another girl might come from the outside and, and be pushed to the inside, right, from that walk. And that, that's a, a quick way to decipher who's stronger in, in that group. It's that walk to the back. That's why we do it. I mean, po posing with bikini is a big part of the game. It's You can have the best physique, but if you can't pose and you can't display it, I mean, you have nothing. And yeah, I mean, it's it, a huge part of the category. It's in every division. And you can have a fantastic bodybuilder. Can't I've seen bodybuilders lose. They've got the most muscular, most straight on the stage, lose because of the way they pose. There's literally... Legacy bodybuilders that had their reputation. Every time you say Paul Delette, what do you think of Campos? But he's, he was huge. Everyone says that. Cramped up. Every time. Always fell apart. Couldn't, couldn't get through the compulsories. But there's some poses that are so professional, like a Derek Lunsford, right? And it's just every freaking detail is measured and planned. And every stomach position or turn is like calculated. And that's a professional poser. And it makes a huge difference at the end of the day. Even Hattie Chupan is an amazing poser. I think I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. No mistakes. Even let's go with Ryan Terry. It's the same every time.
Yeah, but Ryan Terry learned that, right? His biggest thing was like he never won the Olympia. His posing was always terrible. But this year he just nailed it. You know what I'm saying? And but in practice, big difference now, right? And he, won, he did nine Olympias, never won, and he finally won in his posing. He nailed it, and he won the Olympia. Yeah. Like it's yeah, and and it it, it matters in, in every division. It matters. Yeah, you're, you're right. And when you see a professional poser, like I remember, uh, so random bodybuilder Hunter Labrada, a 2021 Chicago Pro. I was there and I couldn't believe how professional he was at posing. And you feel like he lost it a little bit since that show, but I always remember that show. I was like, oh my God, this guy's a professional poser. And you can see it was planned and calculated. And he, the comparisons, everything was, it's not the poser routine, it's the transitions. Stomach's always, and he never show, yeah. he, they never show their weaknesses on the stage and only show their, their strengths. strengths. Yeah. That's it. And that's a professional poser. With, with a body blanking, you can still have a little bit of room to hide, right? Weaknesses. In uh, bikini, you hear front and back. There's still ways to hide weaknesses, I feel. And there's ways to show, there's obviously, maybe not high weaknesses, but there's ways to really show your best. So, for example, I had a check-in the other day, and the girl send me your front, I make them send me front and back pose pictures, and then I make them send me a posing video. And the reason I make them send me a posing video is because sometimes they're not consistent with their posing. So they'll walk in, the front pose will be perfect. They turn to the back, turn back to the front, their, back, their front pose, hips a little bit tilted to the front, glutes a little bit hitting, shoulders hitting, right? Mm. And I put a picture side by side. Look at the front pose when you walked in, and look when you turn back to the front. Look how much worse your physique looks, day and night. And I'm saying, if that's what you're doing on this, if that's what you're doing in this video, this is what you do on stage. You need to learn how to be consistent with everything. It's all about consistency, right? You're gonna nail the pose a hundred times in a row, showing your best at all times. You can nail it once. Judges are gonna judge you on all of the poses. Not just, oh yeah, well she walked in there and her pose or his pose was good, but then, you know, yeah, we're only gonna judge that. No, it's the judging you all the way to the end. But that's why that's Steve exactly. also puts the bodybuilders through like Round these rounds round. of 20 minutes to see who fades and stuff that's what you need. So. We would be consistency throughout. We had a regional bodybuilding show right before the nationals this year. And they, they were all national level athletes qualifying to come back to the Canada's. Okay. And top two athletes are two different physiques in the center, but both are very strong. They put them through five rounds. And whoever fades first. Yeah. And whoever, and that's what, that's how close it is. Right. And, and we had you know, uh, cartilage on the on, on the outside because those guys were dying, right? They were first time at level one show and exhausted. Yeah, exhausted. It's, bodybuilding posing is exhausting. And but it shows in bikini how many times they are they change front and back. And you, like you say, consistency matters. And it's not only for the first time you come out; it's consistency the second, the third, the fourth time you're doing the posing. And we're gonna nail it your best every time. Yeah, we switch positions, same every time, but. On the same note, when a girl does something wrong or does something weird that I don't like, she'll do it remember that. every she'll do every single pose every single time because someone's taught her that. So it's important to get a good posing coach to teach you properly because if you get those little idiosyncrasies or, or those little bad habits, uh, bad habits, you need to do it every time. And girls unwaving their arm, you know. And, and to, I've never had a girl draw my team that I was like, "Your posing is perfect. I don't need to change anything." Never one time in my entire career. Ever, because it's just they'll learn bad habits or they'll think something is good, and then you need to change it to perfect it, you know. And I learned from athletes too. Even Issa's posing has evolved as I've been coaching her through our first show, second show, and now the Olympia. Now making little adjustments every show, you know. But but you don't pose the same person the same way, you know. But yeah. you putting you pose them according to their physique, exactly. which is good experience, right? Like yeah. Jen doesn't necessarily pose like Issa doesn't necessarily pose like Laura Lee doesn't like their foot positions. Look at their foot positions; very different on all of them, you know. 
hip position. Some look better. Some have very wide shoulders, so you got to hide it, or wide clavicles, right? Some have the glutes are too full, so you got to hide it a little bit. Some glutes are a little bit flatter, so you got to bring more to the front hip position. Some girls look better with their waist a little bit actually tilted to the front, like Isa, right? Yeah, yeah. And some girls look better more to the side. And some girls have very thick lower backs. And if you try to put their waist profile, it actually makes your waist look thicker. And some girls are just more, they look like they have a smaller waist and midsection if you bring it more to the front. So it's just, you can't, there's no, okay, this is the pose. You're going to do exactly this, right? This is not how it works for any category. And they, a lot of, some of the girls trying to mimic pro girls. Yeah. I remember Ashley Kaltweiser had the, the shoulder shrug and man, it went viral. Everyone was doing it. Every bikini girl was doing it. Terrible. <laughs> Every bikini. It, it's hers, not yours. You know what I mean? And, and you know what's funny? I'm sure you noticed too, but Francia that won the Olympia. Yes. When she does that, that look to the back when she walks to the backstage and looks over her shoulder. How many wellness girls are doing that now? Everyone. Oh my God. Even it's Olympia. It's like <laughs> Olympia winner does this signature pose. This is her. And you copy it and you compete against her. Come on. Make your own thing. Yeah. So it was funny because I've seen pros before. Even when I was coaching Jennifer Dory, there was someone who like copied her exact routine pose for pose like the whole 45 seconds and i was like you gotta have your own posing and your own persona on the stage and, and it's not that it has to suit the person yeah so you can give them the suit but if the suit doesn't fit it's not right for that person and, and a lot of you're saying about hire a good posing coach man it's hard because there's really very few and far between and a lot of the pros what they'll do is they'll teach what they know on themselves right yes so they don't really have the experience of coaching girls and looking at a lot of girls be like, okay, this looks better on this girl, this looks better on this girl. But so they'll just teach what they know, be like, okay, my foot's like this, so you put your foot like this. And yeah. We see that a lot and you see a lot of, I've seen a lot of athletes pose exactly like their coach on the stage. And I'm like, you can tell who who coached them posing because yeah. of how they're posing on the stage. And it's a, a cookie cutter. I know how to play one song and I play Smoke on the Water and I get fired. Play another song. How about Smoke on the Water? That's the only song I know. Yeah, uh, and uh, you have to, be, have to be more diversified. In your coaching and your ability. I, it's always, for me, like I had a same pose coach for six years. I'm him, Alice, and then I had to get someone else. And she's been with us for two years now or a year and a half. But I'm so picky with my posing coaches because it's so hard to find one who's good. That understands that you have to be, that not every athlete is the same. And their physiques are different. And yes. sometimes their legs are longer. Their torsos are longer. Their arms are longer. Their glute is different. Sometimes you got to bend their knees a little bit in back pose. Sometimes you got to lock them for position. There's so many nuances with bikini and different bodies. And that's what makes a good posing coach. That's what also makes a good coach is exactly adapt to the athlete right exactly all my girls I, I i coach them slightly differently right if i just gave the same plan to every single girl i would not have the results i have now and the reason i'm able to make the most pro cards every year in bikini is because i adapt with every athlete if i had a blueprint that you could print out and you could hand it to everyone and have it the same and get and get the same results that i do i would do it because it would make my life a lot easier but the reason why there's few coaches that are able to produce such good results is because they there's not many of us that are able to adapt to every situation, every client, and try to get the best out of every athlete. But even like the NBA and NFL and these coaches adapt, to, they understand the personalities. If you ever watched The Last Dance, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Phil, yeah. he's adapted to uh, Jordan and then Rodman, right? He's Rodman, like, okay, yeah. well, Rodman's better if he yeah. let him party, let him do his thing, and then he's going to come back and he's going to perform. And you have to adapt to every athlete. If you have the same cookie cutter plan with everyone, it's not going to work. And it's so funny. I had a client join my team. When I was first starting coaching, I had, used to ask uh, in 2016, 2015, I said, hey, can you send me what your old coach did or whatever for, so I could see what they did yeah. so I could learn so I could understand what you did before and then I could make adjustments and I had um, I would have a uh, folder on my computer of every coach that would that I would get information from the athlete and I had one coach who was a top coach 
15 girls that joined my team, all 15 with the exact same diet, exactly the same training. And I was like, wow, this is, and that opened my eyes up to the industry. I was like, wow, this is not everything it seems like. It's someone could look like they're all that, but it's just a, a money-making scheme yeah. in a factory, right? Yeah. I was like, wow, that's that really changed my mindset. And I was like, I never want to be like that. This is 2016, 2013. I was like, I never want to be this person. I never want to get to that point. And so I was like, I got to really. Everyone responds to food differently. Everyone responds to exercise differently. When you, especially when you're going into the final two weeks, you know how many girls have you had that you have to throw thousands of carbs at them. You're right. Other girls, you have almost none. You know, one girl's doing two hours of cardio. Next one's almost doing none. You know, one you got you throw extra food into, it. the other one does none. They're all individuals. And That's what comes with being consistent with results, but not necessarily being consistent with the method to get there, yeah. right? So it's, I posted once a couple of years ago where I had, I think I had 16 girls at a show and all of them had different calorie intakes, different cardio, different peak protocol. Some of them didn't eat on show day. Some of them had to eat tons of food on show day. It just depends. You have to adapt. Yeah. If you have like, hey, eat five grams of almond butter before bed and a rice cake to every girl. Yeah. I have a, what I do is I give a set peak week document to all my girls, which is just the basic things yeah. that are kind of set in stone that it's like that every girl is going to have to do. Okay. Make sure you do your skin routine for the tan and whatever. But then when I guess like that, I make them check in with me every single day up, up in peak week, even two weeks out to make adjustments to their food. And I feel like this is what you were saying with, to be a good coach or a good athlete, you need the consistency. And we see so often where coaches sometimes they make one pro, right? And it's a one-off and then they're like, well, it's great. And then they don't, nothing ever happens after that, right? It's there's, that's the majority of coaches. They make one pro and they don't really perform after that. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually not because of the, the g genetics of the athletes that they're getting. It's more because of their methods and they're not adapting and learning, right? To the, it's, it's, not learning as a coach. It's constant learning process. And if you're in eight categories and coaching everyone, it's tough. You know, it, it, it's tough to, my hat goes off to, to the coaches, which have pros in every day. Hajrenba. Yeah, but let me explain. So, hang around with your right, but his he doesn't have 500 athletes, right? He coaches three or four athletes a year and focuses all your energy. That's different than you have a huge team and you're the only one, the best one I'm doing this is Shane Hughley. He's the Shane, best one. Yeah. He's the best one. Yeah, he yeah. Has, I, he's I, the best by far. I, I can disagree with you. But he also, I think you would also read that he doesn't have any top Olympians, right? Because if you want to have top Olympians and categories, you got to be really specific. Like, but he's the best pro card maker in the world for all categories combined. Yeah. Unbelievable yeah. talent. Yeah. Yeah, but to get to the next level, and but that's his like niche. He likes to make pro cards. He's really good at amateurs and making pro cards all around. But if you want to really focus on being like a Hanny Rambod, you got to really focus on a couple categories or three or four athletes. He has like hundreds of athletes. You're not going to have a Hanny Rambod with, with hundreds of athletes. It doesn't. That, 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 that's too different. That's different. like, yeah. So Hanny, like he won figure, uh, bodybuilding, uh, men's physique, uh, classic, but not all in the same years. And he coaches. Yeah. How many athletes did he have to Olympia this year? Three, right? I think three. How oh, they finish? First, first, second, <laughs> literally. Yeah, yeah. But he spends time with them. He only talks to those athletes, and it's a different, it's a different. Um, it's very different from other coaching too, because he's they're like, it's a business deals, right? They're a part of like Evil Gin. He they yeah, yeah. together for sometimes weeks at a time. It's a different thing than it, yeah. It's a different type of uh, coaching, you know. They're, yeah. they're, they're different. And classic is pretty similar to let's say bodybuilding, right? Based on the symmetry, and it's just. A coach from a coaching standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, not really because you, so? you know, let's say they said to Chris, your shoulders have to be a little bit bigger, right? And let's say his cutoff is I think it's 244 
or something some around there. Mm-hmm. And uh, now he's got to pull, and let's say he's at 244. Now he's got to pull muscle away from somewhere and put it somewhere else. You know, that that's rejigging. Uh, is it easier to build a whole new house or renovate the thing? The best, and, and you're the, you have the best analogy. Uh, but is that, is that true? You know, the, uh, oh, you're right, yeah. It's hard, you know what I mean? And his margin of error is very uh, small. How do you nail it that You know, that, that very small. You know, if you go, his arm. Consistency. Yeah, we need his arms a lot bigger. Oh, where, where are you going to pull from? Yeah. His legs, which is bit by, you know, his best body parts. Yeah, his honey brown ball's like margin of error is so slim. Yeah. But it's all consistency. He's yeah. been doing it, according to what, 30 years now? Yeah. And just focusing on a few athletes at a time yeah. and just really... He doesn't really coach amateurs. He just focuses on a couple guys. And, and I believe he was, a, he was a, a natural athlete and competed a couple of times, and that, yeah. that was it. Yeah. He's not a pro, I don't think. But. No, but he, he did a, the natural stream. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he did. But again, I got a, a great coach. Yeah, he is unbelievable. But So another question. What do you – I know we kind of went into it like here and there, but what are we specifically looking for in bikini from an Olympia judge's perspective? Basically, we were talking about the suit and the hair and the factor. What are we looking at for the body? Well, obviously conditioning, but not too conditioned. Obviously shape, but not overly shaped. So not overly large delts or quads. We don't want any body part screaming out over any other. This is why Angelica won twice because she wasn't like the best athlete in specific body parts but she was the best overall with the symmetry right nothing popped out you don't want oh my god she has amazing glutes but she has no upper body at all yeah like, yeah match. yeah and you know go oh man you know or you know uh look at her legs but you know that's the only thing you look at you, know, you don't want anything to grab 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 your attention that's a good point yeah you know, nothing yeah nothing that grabs your attention just the overall package grabs your attention I mean, it just it just flows you know what i mean and and when you say when you look at that athlete you go pick out a flaw well there isn't one but she's got way better, like tighter glutes, and but she's got you know too large delts or too small of a waist, or you know so if you look at physique and you go, girls go you know there was an era when we need a really small waist, and we used to come in a show and go, and girls follow the uh, trend in Olympic champions, so we're getting girls with no waist, and so you wouldn't say look at that physique, go, man she has no waist, now is that what we want? Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, it need, but it needs to match her physique. Like kind of, you said, it kind of it matched her physique, right? Not before. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, then she kind of evolved into it. Yeah, yeah. When, when she won the Olympia, I think it was you know a, a very good look. You know, I was I was Great a huge just bounced. Bounce. Yeah, I was a huge fan. I was a huge fan. And then then came to a period where she started getting she was exaggerated. You want something exaggerated? Yeah, yeah that's what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, and again, it's something that hits you. Uh, nothing should hit me and say, "Wow, that stands out." So when you know, she came out, you know that that year when she was really small in the waist, I go. So I always go, wow, what happened? You know, even though she was tighter, doesn't make for a better physique. Doesn't make for a better physique. And you want a glute to say, wow, that glute's full. You want to say, wow, that glute's round. Jennifer Dory probably doesn't have the, if you just take the glutes, does she have the best glutes on the entire Olympia stage? No. I thought this year, Marines were better. I think so. I just, I think it's a lot because Jennifer's posing in the back pose yeah. with the, I don't know why she was doing the wide. Tyler mentioned it in the his recap I did too, but. I don't know why she was doing that, but just based on the pose and the fullness, I thought, I agree, I thought more, just symmetry-wise yeah. and fullness, yeah. Yeah. But then overall, overall look, yeah, Gen 1, yeah. right? And that that's where it counts, you know what I mean? Now it's not just the... Not just one body part. You know, they say, well, we just, we'll just throw away presentation and pulse and finish. No, we don't throw that away. That's all part of the category. 
it's like with the same with like our battle with Issa, right? Her problem was always her glutes before. And you're like, well, Issa's the best front pose in the entire world. But then you turn to the back and it was like, it wasn't, it didn't match the front. Right? Yeah. And that's what our yeah. goal and what we've been working on is just balancing the back to the front. So there's no, there's no difference the, between the two. Yeah. yeah. You want them, you know, to match the entire Because when you see the front, you go, oh my God. Wow. Oh my God. And now, uh, and, and the back, like, the back's wow. a little bit of a disappointment, right? You go, ah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's sort of like a men's physique guy. You know what I mean? He looks great from the front, turns the back, goes, ah, no back. <laughs> so yeah so it's and it's getting in condition and girls have to understand it's not about dieting to be really hard we don't want the etched in abs you know we want to save that for women's women's physique we want tight and flat yeah we don't want like a six pack and when we say flat the top to bottom you know what i mean you gotta do those vacuums you know what i mean so when you stand on stage there's not the bottom portion isn't yeah, protruding on stage but you're able to have yeah. stomach control yeah exactly we don't need development in the back. You know, we need back, but bikini back, but not development. I'll always, if I see my girls chart, I actually did this two days ago. One of my girls, she came, we did a FaceTime for a check age lifts like an hour away. And I was like, listen, don't drive for an hour. Let me just do a FaceTime. We'll go over your posing. And I was like, your back is too thick. Stop doing rows. You're yeah. thick. I said, we're going to keep a little bit of back in. You're going to do pull downs, but stop doing rows. We, I don't need you to have a gorilla back on the stage. You don't need it. <laughs> you don't want a little bit of shape, Yeah. but we don't need the judges. I'm like, her back is a little bit. Her rhomboids have to be a little. Enough. Yeah, her her stop. Her rhomboids have to be a little bit thicker. So, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of times where the girls have too thick of back, so you need to really relax. Yeah. You don't. There's a certain point where it's like, it's exactly what we're talking about with the bodybuilding, right? Bikini. There's a certain point where you're gonna have to stop yeah. growing. All the top Olympian girls aren't really trying to grow anymore. They're just trying to fine tune. Bodybuilder, get as big and hard as you freaking can, yeah. and you're probably gonna do better. Yeah, and, and we don't need you to do capping your delts. You know what I mean? If you do a little bit of your delts, a bit of shape. Yeah, no that's it. Yeah. That's it. And, and the shape of a glute is very important. Genetically, we're born with the body we have, right? And some girls are born with round glutes. They're round. And how they ruin them even more is by building the outside of them too wide after. Too wide, instead of upper and a little bit of lower. And some girls don't have that glute hamstring tie-in. And I'll tell you, James, I go, I go to the gym every day and I see girls in the gym doing hip thrusts with four plates. And these girls are just girls that just started. Four plates. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll walk up and say, Do you know who I am? No. <laughs> well, after that, that? The, the, my second question. <laughs> and, and I go, where, where do you feel it? And then they call the gym manager. Like, <laughs> <"Yeah>, I, <laughs> what do you and and, and, and they, they, they say, no, the, 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 the hamstrings and lower back. Weight's too heavy. You're not activating the glutes at all. But, you know, they can do five plates, you know, throw that weight up, up and down, up and down. Probably a bodybuilder. Yeah. yeah. And for girls, it's knowing really to show them how to train. I see a lot of guys in the gym grab a bikini. Come, oh, this do, goes back to that. Do my program. Do my program. Follow me. See if you can follow me. You know, a bikini girl. And a chest day. And yeah. yeah. I get it. That's not, you know, you should have, if, if you're doing bikini, you've evolved out of that. And, and you're still bodybuilding, but different. different. It's a different programming, right? Like, so do you think Jen Dory has the same program as Derek Lunsford? When, no, they're no. both bodybuilders, but they're very different angles that they're trying to achieve, right? So, and all these girls at the Olympia, they're not trying to really get any bigger. No. Trying to, all the feedbacks is very minimal. Change this a little bit. It's always at that level, right? There's, there's a certain point where you got to cut it off. And yeah. And, and it's bringing that needle after a contest away from where they were. And trying to bring it back to where they were. How many times have you seen girls go on stage and they've gained more muscle and they look worse? Right. And they had a great off season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You can waste a lot of time with 
the wrong guys where it's, you build your upper body all off season and then you're like you go on stage and they say your upper body is too big and you're like well fuck i just wasted tons of time you place worse and you put out more muscle mass and and, and trying to get to that same spot is hard it's very hard and very and, hard. And, and to hold it there yeah. yeah and sometimes less is better you know so so you you don't always have to be doing something less is better yeah bikini is really hard to nail consistently year after year. that's why yeah. it's the category with the least amount of consistent winners because Whoever peaks the best on that day and nails on that day is the winner. And it could literally, if you have a, if the Olympia was a week long and every day they were judging the top 10 girls, that would not say the same no. at, at all. There would be different winners almost every day. I agree and, with you. And Tyler said the same thing to me. Yeah. I remember 2020 backstage, whoever peaks the best on that day went. And that's why Laura Lee is, it's not able to get the Olympia title yet because she hasn't, she can't be consistent. She hasn't been consistent once at the Olympia since her start of the career. And, but it's very difficult to do because even if you're in the office and you're not staging, right? You're looking at your body. It's, oh, my shoulder's a little bit too big now. I don't know. We'll see when we lean down. It's very hard to nail it year after year after show. It's nail it every time. For the athlete to hit it with training, for the coach to hit it with diet. Mm -hmm. And and to align those, it, it, it's a it's a tough category. It's a tough category. So if anyone thinks, you know, I'll just coach bikini and, and that, 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 that's it. And it's not the way. And then for those girls that are, that are training with their uh, bodybuilding boyfriends for bikini, one of you is not going to do well. Either you're going to sacrifice his yeah, thing for your... Yeah, or she's going to sacrifice hers for his. There's never actually been a bodybuilder coach that has done consistently well with bikini ever. There's, maybe they'll make a pro here and there, maybe two, three maximum, but it's never been like a bodybuilder coach that's just like, I'm coaching bikini now and I have a bunch of Olympians. It never existed. It's never existed before, but there's a reason for that, right? Their mentality and what they've learned for 15, 20 years is completely different from what you need to do on the stage, right? It's a different, it's almost a different sport. It's very, it's not the same. It's very different. Even with judging, we're getting, you know, at a regional level, we always get new judges and we bring up, try to bring up new judges to national level. Hardest category, bikini. You know, what wellness is, even though it's new, it's easier to grasp. One reason is because the category hasn't really got defined yet. Also, the more muscle, required in category the easier it is to judge yes no yeah. but seriously the more, you're right well, exactly the right. are bigger it's easier to judge because they're gonna have more muscle development it's it make any when everyone's capped off it's well who's the best out of yeah you know yeah that so and yeah that's yeah and there's not as many wellness but yeah there's you're gonna see okay this girl obviously is a lot better quads and legs and there's not there's a, the cap is higher than with bikini where it's like very down low but again, bikini is a very popular category, so you know it's an entry level category where yeah. it's more attainable, right? Yes, you don't take yes. a lot of PDs to do it or yeah. do very well, and it's a more mainstream yeah. look. So that's why it's so popular. Same with men's physique. You yeah, know? I'm, I'm happy with Ryan Terry won because it's, I've always thought he had the best marketable look. If you see him on a magazine, guys want to look like that, right? But if you see a lot of these other guys with a huge, it's, uh, it's and, not for everyone. And the physique has to, as we said, we want nothing to really stand out. So, you know, if you... In bikini or just ordinary? In, 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 in men's physique, you want the body to flow. So you don't want enough... There's no strengths. Yeah. Right. So, Extreme. Brendan Hendrickson, big delts, right? Big delts. And, and we said, okay, we want big delts. We have to fit the physique. Corey Morris has been having this problem all the time. He hasn't even trained delts. And his feedback, your arms are too big, your delts are too big. It's too much. It's, yeah. He looks like a cartoon character. It's unbelievable physique, but he just, he pops too much where it's like, it doesn't, there's not some type of, there's a lack of symmetry and it's yeah. too much ryan terry looks the same front and back it's the same person front and back yeah see there's no his arms match with his delts match with his chest match with his abs match with his back That's what it, and, it's and, and you see a lot of guys that turn to the back you know they said you, you need a big back you need a big back so they give you exactly what you asked for 
they give you a big back that's not proportioned to the front, or big, huge delts with smaller arms, but the delts are overpowering, right? And now the arms. It's the thing we've been hearing a lot in the last like two years, I think, with Tyler, with men's physique. He's, we don't want huge arms. He's made a lot of statements and he punishes guys for having that. But it, it doesn't, it has to fit the whole physique. I was at the gym yesterday speaking to one of these girls, and I'm like, when, what category are you looking at? Competing in, I think in bikini, I'm like, you're going to have to stop training your glutes pretty soon. She's done a few shows before, and she, I'm like, your glutes are borderline too big for bikini, like almost bigger than some Olympian bikini athletes, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's what you said, more is not always no. better, right? And, and that, that's what I, you know, I had a, not an argument, but I, you know, I was discussing with a bodybuilding coach that glutes are too big, don't fit her physique. Laura Lee at the Olympia, right? Sandy, she's too, she got too big, right? They, they said her feedback, like when they made the videos, she got too big, so she tried to push it further to try to get better. But it actually brought her back. And the, know, the, the the, the, there's a, a limit. And like I said, that's the hardest thing to do to tell someone, no, you got to stop. Yeah. You know, you got to stop. And because it'll not be enough, you know, they'll try, everyone wants to push everything to the max. But that's a category you have to pull back. You have to pull back. A couple more things with, we're talking about genetics. So, yeah, I mean, you can only work, you can only build off what your genetics are, right? Like if your glutes, the way your glutes are shaped and your tines and the roundness, you can improve it, but you can't change the shape. Exactly. If you have a huge waist, you can make it better. But if your hip bones are there, you're not going to change the you know the shape of your bones. And if your legs are too short, you're not going to be able to make them taller. There's only thing that you can do to accentuate what you already have and were given, right? And yeah, I mean, I, there's some girls who just they have square glutes. Just and it's, God, it's like you you can't do much with that. It's you can, but to a certain point where it's going to fall off and it's like you get them as big as you can but it's still not going to make them round it's just you know or you gotta you have a girl girl with a large pelvic girth you know it's great for childbearing but not good for bikini and you know give her a her pelvic girth is a little bit too wide on the stage you know well you see you can see when they walk out they're just a wide girl at the bottom right well sometimes girls when they you know they have children they come back to the stage it's not the same physique yeah, anymore yeah. and that's sometimes that that happens you know in proportion, you, you get a girl with very long legs. And when you're a young girl, right? Parents will go, oh, I got to love the daughter. She's got uh, legs right to her armpits. And it's a like good a thing. Flamingo. No, but it is for real life sometimes. Yeah, but for models. So, yeah, uh, like, like your body can be, like, for example, a lot of these Colombian girls, right? They have big bombs, big legs, and they're, they have very thick skin and impossible to lean down some of them. And for real life, it's a beautiful physique, but they just don't fit in the bikini category. Right? Or a, a longer torso. I've had some girls too where, as you said, their legs are very long, but their torso is very short. Hannah, my ex-girlfriend, her legs were too short for her upper body. And I told her, I'm like, you can maybe turn pro, but you're not going to go further because your legs are too short for her upper body. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Not, you could, I can't, I'm going to put her on the, the inversion table and stretch her every night like a vampire. Like I told you earlier, James, if I was faster, stronger, quicker, I'd be in the NFL. I wouldn't be here with you today. <laughs> and uh, genetics gives us what it gives us. And yeah, the, the girls at the top have the best genetics. And, and not only for girls, but guys. You know, yeah, I mean, there's, 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 it's great to compete, but to be at the upper elite level, it's just for every sport, though. Right? Yeah. You're not seeing any guys that are five foot six in the NBA. I mean, and, six, five, uh, taller, you know. And look at 100 meters, Usain Bolt. Yeah. You know, not, not too many of him around either. You need the and you need the work ethic. And you need the mindset, and, be, and you have to have the ability to be coachable, too. Exactly. All, the athletes that have that are the ones at the top. Yeah. You can have girls with amazing genetics, yeah. but if they can't diet and can't, you know, they're lazy and they can't be coached. I mean, it's useless, right? It's a canvas that you can't. And, and it's added to, too. You know, how they come into sport, how they treat the sport, how they treat their coach. If you have a positive attitude, it definitely helps with the overall 
package and we're going we're gonna to bring to stage. No, you're right for sure. One more question for you. That's important. How do you decipher judges' feedback? And someone asked me this question. I thought it was good because there's one specific feedback that I hear often that's can be interpreted in many ways. So fuller. So I've heard judges as an experienced coach, I've, I can, I don't necessarily need to ask for feedback unless it's like at the Olympia or at a pro show and it's close. And usually I typically know, but mm. sometimes I'll ask and they'll be like, if you need fuller glutes or fuller, just keep glutes. You need, you need to be fuller glutes. Right. And that could mean that you're flat, right? Let's say you didn't have enough water, sodium or carbs on a short day. It can mean you need more muscle, right? It can mean you weren't in condition enough, so you couldn't see the shape of your glutes. There's so many different things that fuller could mean, right? And it can mean, if someone says your glutes are too full, it can mean you're not in shape, your glutes are too big, you overfilled out your physique and you spilled over. There's a hundred different things. So you need to be able to decipher what the judges are saying. And that comes with being an experienced coach too, right? Because right? it's yeah. sometimes it's not, plus a judge is not a, a coach either. So it's, if you have like, let's say, exactly like right. the best judge in the world trying to coach athletes, they probably wouldn't look as good, right? Because it's the nuances that you, we're different. Like, and sometimes coaches judging shows would be different than a judge. And a judge being a coach, they you can know everything about beginning category, but try to judge, try to coach the girl to be, to look like you want her to look. It's a very different route, right? So sometimes the feedback is vague, and it's not really. It's not like okay, you need to add muscle in this part of the glutes. Instead, it's you need to be fuller, which could be you know considered five different options, right? And then you go back to your coach. They said they need to be fuller. So you go into the next show and you give them more food and more water and salt and they're like, then you're spilled over and you're full and it's, well, no, now you're too soft. So it's better. Yeah. Yeah. So I might have a little bit of experience in this. I've done over 900 <laughs> video critiques this year. What time you told me that you said a girl's legs were too full and you meant she wasn't in shape. You remember that? Yeah. You, you try to use, that's a, that's a nice word to use. And they can mean many things that are different. If I see a deficiency, I'll tell I'll talk on mine. I, I don't know. Okay. I haven't heard uh, other feedbacks. You know, usually when you get a feedback when you're at, at the North Americas or whatever, they'll give you a three, four lines, work on this and email it to you and that's it. I started something new this year. Whoever asked me for a feedback, I gave them an audio. They sent me two pictures, I gave them an audio feedback so you can give more like information. Like a video critique or something else? Yeah, it's like a video critique, but just pictures. You know, they send, send me pictures. I'll give them a feedback in reference to what I see in the pictures. Yeah, it's different than uh, just typing it out. Yeah, because I'll talk a lot more than I'll type out. You know what I mean? Fuller. Fuller means the glutes are, are undeveloped. We're un undeveloped. You know, if, if they're... Yeah, but, so, but could you, you just need, say you need more muscle instead of fuller? That would be more but, specific. But we, we, we can't really tell how much muscle there, there is in, in the glute. We know we know that's flat and it's... Yeah, it, but you know if a girl is small, right? If you see a girl and she needs more muscle mass, I, I can tell as a coach right away if she's flat or if she's flat or needs more muscle mass right away. Yeah. And if, if you're, if you're more like specific where you need more muscle mass, cause that's a different word than fullness, you know, it means the same thing, but if you're a little bit more specific, I feel like a lot of judges do that where they're, they use that word to describe what I was saying before, like four different possibilities. So, yeah, I usually try to, to pinpoint where they, what I want. I want more upper glute. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I want more upper outer glute. Yes. That means that the, the, the glutes are caving down instead of in full. I need more hamstring glute tie-in. I need less glute hamstring tie-in. If you say you're building your glutes too full that they're spilling to the outside. That's very specific. If you say you need more fullness in your upper glute, that's very different than saying your glutes need to be more full. Yeah. So you're being specific and you know you can't just fill out one body part with carbs and water, right? You need and but if I got a girl that's competing in a regional show and she's not really in shape, I'm not gonna say, you know what, 
you got a fat ass or you got fat glutes. Yeah. I'm going to say your glutes are, are too full. You just could be, be maybe a little bit more conditioned. Yeah. If you say you need to be more conditioned, then that's fine. But if you leave it at, if you leave that your glutes are too full, no, then I think that can no. misguide them for sure. Yeah. They, so, yeah. Some judges do that. They say you're too full and it's just, it's not, you know, and they, it's not getting, then they come in flatter and then you're like, well, now you're soft. And you're yeah. flat. So. And I usually, in my video critique, I'll say, you know what, since we talked about just doing hip thrusts and that, you need more than that for your glutes. To, and that's telling them they need more glute development, more yeah. development in the glute. But I'll specify that it's upper, outer. And usually if I judge says they're, they're too full, they're too full, means you're soft. Yeah, it's just, it's tough. But, but, but that's why you need a coach to be able to but, but, further. But it, it, if a coach says, okay, they're, as a coach, you should see if they're too full. I'm just trying to decipher this cryptic message, but you should know. Or I don't. I shouldn't need to ask you. Like, how many times have we had shows where, let's say, my girl? I think at the Canadian Nationals, where I had one girl in the overall, and it was between her and another girl, and the other girl won. I didn't get the pro card. I came to you. I was like, good judging. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that's what it was. And my girl lost. And I'm like, you're right. And I didn't need to ask you. Hey, what do you think? I fucking know already. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you sodium loader or whatever, I don't know that. Yeah. No, but you, you can you, see, but. You know, and unless you're a competitor, you competed, like even in bodybuilding, I know there, you know, I've seen injections in the shoulders, right? Since I've seen it in the quads, you know, I know, I know what that is when I see it because I was in sport. I was, there's a competitor where other judges, you know, that were being on the panel might have not, uh, have seen that. They're not knowledgeable to that. And same as in, in, you know, you're right about that. There was a, not my client, but an ex-client of mine and we were speaking still and she did a show in Europe. And one of the judges there told her, she came like last call, it was crazy. And she looked amazing. And one of the judges said, nope, you had bumps in your upper glute. I knew it's an injection. And I looked and I was like, I don't see it. Not even my client, I was like, I don't see it. And then she judged, she, and then the next week, Tyler came to Europe and she just showed him, there she came top four. Tyler, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you're kind of. Yeah. And so just what you see, you know what I mean? And, you know, if, so when I give a critique, I try to give as much detail as I can. But you're very good with feedback. And that's why I actually brought you on the podcast because you're very detail-oriented. And a lot of even top Olympia judges, they're very specific with one thing. And it's they're, they're specific, but they're very broad with the overall picture. So I'll be like, for example, like, I'm not going to say names, but you're like, mm. what, can I, what, what could she prove on? She just needs fuller delts. Okay, but would, I, would that meet her be Jennifer Dory from the fifth call out? No, no. It, there's a thousand other things. It's not, and that's what I say. Oh, this judge said I just need a little bit more full of glutes. I'm like, yeah, but we gotta fix your posing. We gotta fix this. We gotta. Fix, it's not just. Well, when, when, when was that? Uh, how do you beat the winner? But when was that critique given to her at the end of the show? Uh, uh, at the Olympia. Oh yeah, but at the end of the Olympia, like they yeah. just approach them and go, hey, how, how you know, yeah. how could it be better? Yeah. And, I mean, and it's hard for, and I'll tell you, as a judge, we judge thousands of thousands, thousands of athletes each year. I'm not talking about Olympia this year. I'm no, saying no. in general. But know. I mean, in general. So what I usually do as a judge, if I can't remember, I go, take your robe off and let me have a quick look at you here. Right? And I have a look at right, right, right in front. And say, That's the sending pictures so that you yeah. if you can because they can see. Yeah. But um, but if you want feedback right then and there. No. So it's not a judge's job to coach you either. If a judge, if let's say Sandy goes, okay, you need fuller shoulders, more upper and under glutes, you need to work on your walk to the back. Just pay her to coach you that. You know what I'm saying? They're not, they, they can give you a couple. That's why you can't necessarily rely on the judges to coach you to what you need to do. They're not going to tell you how to beat the girl that wins the Olympia for your fifth call out, right? That, that, that's what they're looking for. Yeah. Exactly. That, 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 that's what you need the coach with experience to be able to decipher and understand the category where it's okay. You can pinpoint, yes, this is where it was without even asking. And then you 
asterisk is kind of like a reassurance. Yeah. Okay, got it. That's yeah. it. Because a lot of feedback that we give, uh, a lot of coaches can't repair because they come back the same way. They come back the same way. Or I've seen a lot of times where, let's say, the girl, let's go receive feedback like on a national show where there's like a thousand girls. You need more bigger, you need bigger delts, right? And you don't have an experienced coach, so you just work the entire year on building your delts. And you go the next year and you look the same, but with bigger delts and you place the same place. It's not, no, the coach should have told you all the other things yeah. that you needed to fix throughout yes. the year. It's not just relying on the one feedback. The co the judges are not coaches. Yeah. You can't rely on them to coach you. All, all they can do really is review your physique and where you lacked in the, in the physique itself. They can't tell you how to get there or the route to take to get there. And they're not going to point out every flaw. No. They're not. They're not going to, they're going to point out maybe one or two things at best unless it's doing like a video critique like you do. But I think the best that giving overall feedback at a high level as Tyler. He takes the time to really go over and he won't just say one thing. He'll say not this and what we'll actually discuss things. Yeah. But some other ones it just it's one feedback usually. It's just a little bit tighter to hamstrings. That's not gonna make you win the Olympia, right? What do I need to do to win the Olympia? And that's where your coach or, or or standby. Just a little bit more conditioning. Yeah. Okay. Is that gonna be for fourth yeah, or for yeah, fifth call yeah. of the win the Olympia? Yeah, just a little bit more confidence in your presentation. <laughs> okay, great. Great. Or right, just you know, or, or improve that posing and confidence on stage a little bit. And, and, <laughs> and the, then the, keep the same body. And the, the, those are nothing. Yeah, it's not, it's nothing. You know, and, and I, I see a lot, a lot of them come through too. Yeah. And um, how about you know? I had sometimes like athletes will ask feedback from like low level judges, like regional shows, even in the states, Canada. And I'm just like, oh, this is you know, it's fine, whatever. And then we'll do a show. I've had a girl, I've had a million examples, but it was a girl who, she did a show two weeks for universe this year and she came like fourth place. And I was like, I said, what's your feedback? And they told the feedback, I said, it's wrong. Let's go do universe in two weeks where Sandy and Tyler are. She won her fucking pro card there. From fourth place in the regional show to winning her class in the open as a master's too. And I was like, but some, but it's, the low level judge sometimes doesn't know, right? So that's what you need to. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, judging can change, you know, uh, as on, on, on that table. A physique can also change a, a lot, you know, and who they're sitting on stage with can change a lot too. But let's say Tyler was judging that show, right? And she came fourth place. I would have maybe had a difference of opinion where I'm like, maybe we should, I would have trusted this feedback more than a random judge I'd never heard of where I'm like, no, they're wrong. They're not right in this situation. I'm going to bring you exactly the same for national in two weeks and you're going to turn pro and that's what happened. And that's what comes with the confidence. You know, like we're- The coaching confidence, right? The judging confidence, uh, you know, to bring your athletes to stage um, you mean well, confidence in the judging? Yeah. Judges, and, yeah, yeah. And the judges. And I, I remember years, I'm going years back here. So back years ago before the CBA and there's a CBBF and the judging panel was a group of people which they just selected. There's no training, no nothing. So we're at a national level show and we're judging the Canadian championship. I'm sitting there and uh, Sadiq gave a video message to the promoters saying congratulations on a national show. The judge beside me says, who is that? Oh, God. I go, you're, you're kidding me. You're judging that category. And so it, it was, it's just, they're not following the bodybuilding. They're not following the division. How do you even learn? And, and to date? that's why figure girls never finished high. Uh, that, that's why bikini girls never finished high. It, it was a, a, a difficult time. And the, the confidence of the athletes wasn't in the judges anymore. And so, you know, myself and Ron Hache, the president of the CPA and IBB Olympia judge, he's been there since who knows how long, many years. We traveled across Canada just talking about judging. What we do as judges, what our criteria is, what our knowledge base is, what we're basing it upon to get more confidence 
in the athletes, they get judged properly and fairly. Yeah, I've seen that in Australia. No one has faith in the judges because I've seen it too. It's a bingo, and it's it sucks. And I've I don't know if because they can't get people over there to judge, but it just, it's a very weak judging panel over there overall. And I just I don't even have athletes can beat there anymore because it's just like the results aren't where they should be if it was a proper judge judging them. And then the athletes all know the same. They all know that too. It's like a thing there. Yeah. And so all the winners that win shouldn't be winning, and then they go as a pro and they never do well. You mentioned this to me too back in the CBBF days, where it's like all the girls that were like turning pro, they would never do good in the pros because they were never. picking the wrong damn girls. Yes. That's why you guys have to go off and do your go with the you know the Mangans and the IFB pro Africa's. Judging was just, you know. And we didn't fit the criteria, which was laid out. In Canada, yeah. And no one was there to change it. And unfortunately, the head judge then wasn't strong enough, didn't have enough knowledge to do it. And it, that's like someone that went from elementary school to university and graduated. Here we go with another analogy. And didn't know how to read. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you're right. And that's the reading physique. You got it. I know you're on Instagram. You're watching the pro shows, the results. You're seeing, you know, how always. Are, you got to. And. The good, judge, the good judges stay up to date with the categories. You're watching, okay, how did Tyler judge this category? How does exactly. that, if you just close your phone, don't look at Instagram, don't look at the results and just judge five shows a year, you don't know what's going on. No. You don't know who's no. doing well. You don't know what the, the good judges are picking and you're just, you know, you're going off how you feel that day, what you think that day without staying up to date. And how to, how to be a good, good judge is to judge, but to judge properly. Not to sit, just uh, take up a seat because I'm in the front row and I'm wearing a different color shirt and I'm a judge to actually judge. And so, you know, I, I question my judges, you know what I mean? I go, who do you got? Who do you got? You know, why? A good example, actually, I remember you told me once, I believe there was like two bodybuilders on a stage, right? And one of the judges next to you had some, had the other guy winning. And they said, actually, you tell the story. Do you know what I'm talking about? And then you ask them, well, which poses are they winning? Yes. And they're like, well, I don't know. I just, the other guy just has better symmetry and look to be. And you're like, well, what poses are he winning? And then you went through every pose. So just explain what you mentioned that that story was. I think it was a national show. Yeah, it was a national show. And I disagreed with the pose. And I go, well, let's go pose for pose. For pose. And, and you know, it was a frontal bicep. Well, my guy's got that. From that spread, you got both front poses. Side side chest, you can throw it off either way. Back all by definitely mine. Back lab, big back, mine. Uh, and you're like, side for two poses. And then yeah. I go, yeah, I go, maybe you won the other two, right? And it won one pose, most muscular. Because my guy did a weird most muscular. And I go, so why, why do you have him winning? He goes, well, I didn't look at really that way. Then how do you look at it? You know, you can't. The, it comes with teaching the judges, though, right? Yeah. And he comes right down to teaching judges. And I've done, I've judged in North America's whew, 14 years. 14 years I judged in North America. That's a boot camp for me. And it's and, fast. And it's, it, it's, a fa it's the fastest judging you'll see in the world. The fastest and most accurate judge, judging. There's some fantastic, super great judges that are there. There's Olympia panel. Yeah, exactly. And they're great and to sit amongst that and it's speed judging. But it's the accuracy is incredible. The thing about you is why you're so good at judging is because you're excited about judging. You, you're passionate about you're passionate about the sport. If I name any athlete in bikini or any, you know who they are. You know what they look like. You know who they are. Like you know them, right? And what you were saying before is like a judge. You said they showed Sadiq. Who's that? They're like, I don't even know. I don't even know. That's crazy. You need to know who the top people are if you're trying to judge. That means you know the sport. When we have a regional judge come in. And they say, well, I, I want to become a judge. You know, it says now wherever I travel in Canada, everyone wants right. to become a judge. Pop quiz time. 
And yeah, I get pop quiz, you know. <laughs> and I ask them, you know, who won this, who won that? Yeah. At the Olympia. They don't know. I go, my good. If you're not if you're not a fan of the sport, if you don't follow the sport, you, you know, it's not just sitting in the front row and thinking that you're important. And these people worked very hard up to get up on that stage. And they deserve the the time and accurate judging. Yeah. But like I turn back, yeah, uh, accurate judging that the judge properly. But that's point back to where you said, you know, there's eight poses in bodybuilding. And yeah. with Tyler's breakdown videos, that's what he's explaining. He's like, this person won this pose, this person won this pose, eight poses, they win five, they win three, this is why they won. That's bodybuilding. So you can actually like objectively go pose for pose and decide the winner. Yeah. Bikini, it's not, there's no, okay, this person has better posing. Okay, this person has a better front pose. Okay, this person has a better, there's no, there's no eight things that you can check off and it's five to three. It's kind of more the overall everything together. Yeah. But bodybuilding, it's more like you can be kind of, you know, and, and body, systematic. Yeah, bodybuilding has conditioning also with it, right? Which is in, in muscle fullness. It has a lot more, but we've um, been judging that since, like I said, since Jesus competed. You know, we, we've been at this game a long Jesus time. Jackson. I finished second. You know, it's like, you <laughs> finished second. <laughs> Barabbas. <laughs> okay, so we're already been here for a couple hours now, and I really appreciate coming on the Atlas podcast and giving insight and letting us know what you see as a Olympia judge for the bikini category and just overall from your perspective. And I, I actually learned a few things too of um, how things work. And I just, I appreciate that. So thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I love the division, love the sport. And I think I'm touching class. <laughs> I can't fucking do it. <laughs> Dude, you gotta do this. That's the best fucking <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Go again. Uh, these, these are blurps. Is that how we're going to stop? She's like, why am I dating? <laughs> that should call it. So, Rudy, it's very nice having you all. We've been on here for a couple hours, and I appreciate your insight as an Olympia judge. I've been a good friend of mine for a while, but you're always fair. You're always very concise. You always give great feedback, and I'm not going to forgive you for not making any of my athletes pro this year. Zero in Canada. Very sad. Even as a head judge. But it is what it is. So hopefully we'll do better next year. I just hope you took my critiques to, to heart. It, it, it's been uh, my pleasure. Uh, like I said, we, we're uh, uh, good friends. And, and uh, thank you for having me. I love the division. Love the sport. And I think I'm touching class. <laughs> I can't fucking <laughs> You gotta do this. That's the best fucking ever. Oh my god. <laughs> Go again. Uh, these are blurps. <laughs> She's like, why am I dating? All right, guys, thank you very much for coming to this episode of the Atlas Podcast. If you enjoyed it, let me know in the comments below. If you have any, don't do that. If you have any comments, leave it, leave it in the questions. Start over again. No, we're not starting over. If you have any questions, leave it in the comments below. And if you have any other questions that we didn't get into, I'll be happy to have them back on. Come to Toronto and do it. Episode number two. So, thank you. Thank you very much. Bye.